welcome to the best of interviews. Now this episode, we're going to feature interviews from Brandon Marino and Sam Frank and Ariel, two social media influencers. And I have to say, these two were one of my favorite interviews so far. Brandon Marino came in sometime around 2019, and we talked about his friendship with Jake Duffner, Mikey Mance, and so much more. Sam Frank also talked about her boyfriend, Jack Doherty, her rise of fame on TikTok, and she was also joined by her sister. These two were my favorite interviews ever. Now, let's get on with the show. All right, I'm here with Brandon Marino. How are you doing today? Good, thanks for having me on your show, man. Thank you for coming on. I mean, hey, this, this is actually one of the biggest things, uh, second biggest things I've done. I mean, we talked before the podcast, yeah, you know, yeah. like some of the people I've done before. So you're a YouTuber and you play soccer. So what, how did that all start? All right, so, so I want to say first shout out to my boy Hans for coming on the show and shout out to my youth pastor, Fonz, for like influencing me to become a better person. Um, but yeah, starting was my boy Jake, Jake Duffner, he switched high school senior year and met my friend Mikey Mams. Uh, so Mikey started to start YouTube one day, popped off. Uh, Jake was like, hey man, I got, my boy is making money off YouTube. Like, do you want to start it? I'm like, let's get it going. Um, and then with a few months, like, it just happened so crazy. I just started getting a following. Like people started recognizing, like recognizing me in like different areas of like Jersey, like where I've never been to. And uh, yeah, that's how it all started. Like from our from friends group, like wanting to film each other. And you guys just pretty much just film stuff just to entertain yourself. Yeah, first. yeah. Because like I'm not gonna lie, like we do some pretty stupid stuff. So I was like, <laughs> so we were all like, you know what? Let's just get it on tape and like see how it goes. And kids liked it, like seeing the reckless stuff that we did. My favorite video that you guys did was the Desposito video on the intercom. Oh, my God. <laughs> that video was, like, that was, that was a funny video, but that was, like, like a, it was just, like, awful. Like, we, it was, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. We walked, we got pulled over on the way to that Walmart, on that, yeah, on the way to that Walmart. And, like, having an officer ask you, like, where are you going to? And saying, like, oh, I'm going to Walmart. And they're, like, well, there's. Like, we drove an hour away to go to that Walmart. And the officer's like, so you drove an hour away from your house to go to a Walmart. And we're like, if you, like, if you, it's, you're not going to believe us, but that is the truth. Like, and then we ended up getting kicked out of that Walmart. Cops were called. We had to run away from the cops. Mikey left his car there. So by, it was like, literally like eight o'clock the next morning, we had to sneak back to that Walmart parking lot and get his car. Like, that was how bad that was like it was awful and that was the m4 and all that right yeah yeah yeah. jesus so back when you were a kid though like did you always want to do stuff with social media how was like life when you were a kid though all right so i come from like an immigration parents like both my parents came here from mexico like to give us you know that better life give us that education in college but like school is just not my thing like (laughs) never was my thing and you know, I always wanted to play soccer. I always had that dream of, like, I want to be a pro athlete. Um, I was able to get into college to play soccer, but I was like, you know what? It's not my thing. I don't like it. And I always did find myself to be that kid of, like, have the attention because, like, all the dumb stuff I do. 
So like I wasn't surprised when I got a follow on social media because I was like, you know what, like I am pretty entertaining. I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm not I'm not trying to brag on myself or anything, but like <laughs> I am pretty like entertaining with all the dumb stuff I do. So like I see myself I did see myself doing social media when I was younger to like answer the question. And that's what and after meeting like Jake and Mike and all that, that's well, like funny story. So me and Jake met at Toys R Us when we were seven years old, I hit him accidentally with a like a form like those those foam like swords. Right. And after I hit him, like he hit me back, and then we ended up asking each other like, "Oh, like where do you live?" And at, the t- at that time, I lived in Lakers, and he asked me, and I asked him like, "Oh, where do you live, man?" Like, and he said he just moved to Lakers. And I was like, "There's no way, man! Like I just moved there." And later on, like we end up knowing that like he's one day older than me. Like, his birthday is May 17th, and my birthday is May 18th. Right. And to make stuff even weirder, our social security number is exactly the same besides the last digits. Like, his digit is different than mine by two numbers. Really? So that, yeah. Like, it was just <laughs> meant to be, like, our friendship, I guess. And, but yeah, like, having those friends as, as like, buddies, like, yeah, it definitely helped us grow in social media because we're really funny together, honestly. You guys are like technically brothers too. If you like, yeah, man. Like living with, way. yeah, li- like we live together. We, we know when each other's like when we know when like we're up, like when we're upset when like when we don't like something. Like yeah, we are basically all brothers. So what's it like living in LA compared to Jersey? Uh living in LA compared to Jersey, how do I say it? It's like it's more expensive living in Jer- in LA, and like. I feel like the food is a lot better. The food was definitely a lot better. Um, I feel like everyone there was happier in a, in a way. Because, like, I feel like if you're in L.A., you're doing something that you really want to do. Like, you don't move to L.A. to, like, work a job that you don't want to do, you know? Right. So, I feel like it was definitely a better lifestyle living in L.A. than in Jersey. I just feel like everyone's happier there in L.A. and... I don't know. I loved it. I loved it. I mean, Jersey has its benefits. I'm, it's where I'm from. Uh, I know everyone here. But if I had, if I could go back to LA, I would. Or a different part of California. But it's definitely better than Jersey, in my opinion. I, I think that's the same way with uh, when it comes to living in PA. I've lived in PA my whole life. I, there was actually a point where I did live in LA for maybe like a month when I was 15. Okay. And, uh, I couldn't go to school out there, obviously, because my transcripts didn't transfer over. So I had to move back to PA. What did you do in LA? So my cousin lives out in, like, Carlsbad area. Okay. So we would just go to LA every now and then. And then, you know, he was like, all right, you know, you should come to school out here. I was like, yeah, definitely. And I had that one chance, and then my parents didn't send over the transcripts right away. So, you know, in LA, they go to school in, like, August. And we don't go to school until, like, September. Yeah. So that's pretty much what happened right there. Yeah, I mean, like, a lot of the kids I met in L.A., I mean, I feel like they're all homeschooled, though. Like, all my, well, yeah, they do social media, so they don't have time to go to school because that's, social media is, like, a full-time job. But, uh, yeah, they would tell me, like, if they don't start school until August and they get out around, like, May, I'm like, that's so weird to me because, like, we start from September to June. So, I'm like, if I got out in May, like, that would be amazing, honestly. Like, that's my around my birthday. I wouldn't have anything going on. It's just, you get, like, a short summer, kind of. Like, yeah. Like, early in a short summer. Yeah. The one thing that we have here in uh, in Philly, so, like, if it snows, kids have off, like, directly. They don't have to go to school. But, like, the con of that, like, the cons of, like, not going to school in the wintertime, 
they have to go until like the end of June because they have to make up so many days in school. Wow. Now in Jersey, uh, I know it can snow a little bit. Actually, in Jersey, I feel like. Uh, yeah, I feel like in, I feel like in Jersey, it can snow like five inches. I'm like, yeah, we still have school tomorrow. Like they never, they don't cancel. Really. Jersey at all? Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah, the Jersey the Jersey school system is like awful there. It's, it's awful. that bad. Yeah, I hate it. Oh man, I was Jesus. Yeah, it's awful there. I, I mean, yeah, they have good education, but they don't cancel school ever there. Not at That's all. one thing I hate about being a little kid in, in Jersey, because <laughs> I just want to go like snowboarding or something. You can't because it's not canceled. Right. Yeah, that's one thing I hate about Jersey schools. Now you we were talking about college earlier. Did you ever did you plan to go to college like right out of high school or what were you planning with that? How did that go? All right, so I did plan on going to college out of okay. high school. I majored in I majored in Homeland Security, so I wanted to be a cop. Um, and then within like two weeks of being there, I just realized like it was just not what I wanted to do. Like I could not sit in a classroom anymore. I could not hear a person in a monotone voice speak to me about cops and not be excited about it. So around that time, my friend, yeah, my uh, Jake, Jake texted me, goes, hey, like, uh, YouTube is like the new thing. Like, do you want to get into it? And at first I was like, hell no. Like, I, like it's not what I want to do. Like, how is that a, how does that help me in the long run? Like, how is that going to be a job for me? And then, uh, and then I, I gave in. I was like, you know what? Yeah, like school is awful for me. Like I'm, I college is not what I want to do. I'm not playing soccer. Like I don't wanna. Like I was playing college. I was playing college soccer. But like I knew I wasn't gonna play anymore because I just didn't want to be there. Um, so I dropped out within like a month of being in college. Really? Cause, yeah. Cause I was like, you know what? Social media is what I want to do. It's fun for me. Yes. I'm not saying drop out. Like I'm not saying like don't go to college anymore. <laughs> like my sense, my thing is, if you want to be a doctor. Go to college. If you go to college to be a doctor. But if you want to be a businessman, you don't learn how to become a businessman through school. You learn it by doing it yourself. Like, it's good to get a diploma, but a, no businessman is going to be like, hey, uh, I want you to flip cars for me because of your uh, degree. It's going to be like, hey, no, I want you to flip cars for me because I know that you, already know that you already know how to do it. Right. That's my sense about college. The thing I, thing I look at is as... Um so, everyone will look at your college degree as like, oh, you have a bachelor's degree, good, you can work here. But you learn more from just doing it instead of just, you know, learning, going to school for four years. And the thing, I, the way I look at it is, like, many kids that I know, I have friends that go to college and they don't have a job. Like this one girl, she went to this college, it's like 20 minutes opposite direction. She works at Wawa and she wanted to do something with radio. And, like, me, I'm just, like, all right, I went to school for, like, two years at a community college, got my degree, and then I went to Westchester, dropped out after, like, one semester. <laughs> and I dropped out because I was working one job. Okay. I got paid 500 bucks a week. I had a girlfriend, which is, you guys met her. Okay, and yeah. Then, so, managing that, a girlfriend, going to school, paying my own loan, and I had to pay 500 every month. I think I, like didn't pay it the one month that's why like i have a big enough loan now i just couldn't do it all and the teacher i had told me i'm better off dropping all dropping out of school and joining the army because his class is not uh working for me 
because I failed a couple of the tests. See, that's the one thing I hate when people say stuff like that because, like, that makes me, like, want to do more in school. Like, I mean, do more as a – in life right. to show them wrong. Like, I know in high school I had a teacher, like, tell me, like, I wasn't going to do anything. But, like, meanwhile, I – I mean, I don't want to – I don't want to say I do, I do more than what they do. But, I mean, I can have kids – do like better in school because of because of me telling them yeah like I did good in school and all that when a teacher can be like yeah do good in school but kids aren't gonna they're not gonna go home with that knowledge like they don't I'm not explaining like that positive influence yeah know? and sometimes teachers bring students down not wanting to but they do it you know like, yeah like with those type of comments saying that you should go to another class or you should go to another school or something like that that's not motivating at all and that can harm someone's you know confidence and their their self and their dreams right Sorry. no no you're good hey you know chime in you can chime mm-hmm. in whatever um but yeah i just the whole college thing nowadays i'm just I, I just can't do it and a lot of my friends tell me i should go back but i'm just thinking like no if if i don't like it and if i'm like learning stuff that's irrelevant to this day and age i don't want to go yeah uh, I, I agree with that because like right now you're doing podcasts in college, you can yeah, you can probably get a degree in podcasting. I'm sure they have a degree for that. They have a degree for everything. But are they really going to teach you how to do a podcast? No. You're going to learn by, by yourself. You're going to learn how to do your audio by yourself. Like, Especially like you said, like if, you, if you're happy doing this, keep doing it. Don't go to college. Like, Don't listen to other people because at the end of the day, I feel like other people are trying to guide you in the oh, right path. But that's because that's the path that they took. Right. And that's you don't have to take the same path they did. Yeah. And same thing with filming, too. Like, people can go to school for filming, but, like, I've learned more filming with, like, just from looking it up on YouTube. I actually filmed a documentary over October, like, this okay. October with this haunted attraction. That guy's uh, Randy Bates. So, okay. he owns, like, Bates Motel, and, like, he, you know, did an interview with him. He was like, hey, uh, can you film a documentary? I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. So, I filmed a documentary with him, and uh, that's actually on my YouTube channel right now. But, uh... How was that? How was that experience? It was really, uh, it was a lot of hard work and uh, really different. I mean, I know him personally, so it's kind of like I wasn't excited to do it, but just like the editing, I just hate editing, and uh, it took about seven hours. Yeah, editing. I know when we used to edit videos, yeah. like that was one of the hardest things we did was editing. Like, especially once we all started doing YouTube, cha- like once we all three of us started doing our own YouTube channels, like it went from say our video was that our video got done at two o'clock in the morning like we wouldn't be done editing until seven o'clock because we couldn't we had a either film for someone else's video either i had a, like either i had to help mikey film his video help jake or vice versa they had to help me and then we had to film their video still and we had to film another video still and then we couldn't take a break because say we fell asleep if we fell asleep too late like how we weren't gonna have enough time to edit right so we're like we gotta stay up till 10 o'clock now editing 10 o'clock in the morning editing our videos and all that to make sure that they're saved and ready to upload at the time we upload right so editing is definitely one of the hardest things i i agree like it's hard because it's super tedious yeah it, it, it's time consuming and you really really have to make sure that everything is cut correctly because you don't want to have like a uh, a clip cut halfway and now it looks like it's not even like part of the video right you know? i mean i usually would do that um <laughs> I would just, like, throw all my shit together, and there was one scene where it was, like, the day we had got engaged, like, the day after we told her mom, and 
we were talking about my friend in there and my friend was just like being so obnoxious that day and he like saw the video and he got so pissed off at me i was like dude i was like i was just busting on you to her parents i wasn't trying to like you know offend anybody but uh i usually would just throw all my shit together and not like cut anything but then once i started taking it more seriously that's when i was like all right i need like a couple hours to myself to yeah. just get this done did you film your engagement video oh uh, yeah i did yeah that's i filmed it at uh camden aquarium uh, yeah because if you see like these engagement videos on youtube they, they just blow up for them like people love it like i know the ace family have you heard of them yeah like i know their one their engagement video got like 10.1k Really? I mean, shout out to Austin. I mean, keep up the hard work, man. Like you're doing, you're doing it good in life. I mean, that Lambo's treating you nice, I bet. But also, I think with YouTube is the thing is you have to like word it correctly too. Like, it, like for you guys going to Clinton Road or that, don't go to Clinton Road because this and that will happen or something like that. Oh yeah, that's the one thing I hate about YouTube. Yeah, no, if you don't word it right, like for some reason it, I don't know why, but apparently, like questions is what gets you view like don't go to Clinton Road at 3 a.m. because your arm will fall off. People love that for some reason. Like, I mean, yeah, Clinton Road is honestly some, some of the sketchiest stuff we ever, we experienced. Like, I know one time, it was probably like, we probably just got there, so it was probably like around 12 o'clock. And at no, we just see flashing lights. And then we, st- we parked on the side of the road on Clinton Road, like where the lake is on, kind of. Right. And then this flashing lights, it was a Jeep flashing lights came out of nowhere and they just start chasing us like we just all started running because we didn't we didn't have time to like, get into the car at that point you know and like we I, we don't know if it was gunshots or anything but we did hear some pops and like it was honestly like right we were like what is going on like usually when we film videos we're by ourselves and all that and it was like it, they followed us for at least like a good hour like we were hiding in the trees and like they had flashlights everywhere it was honestly one of the scariest experiences of my life hands down <laughs> What about on uh, any other scary experiences? What have you had there? Um, we found a. I mean, our, I mean, I so I come from a church background. I'm Christian, so I do believe in like demons and like bad spirits. Right. We found a baby doll, a baby doll there once, and uh, it was weird because like. It didn't look like it was moving. Like, it looked like it was moving, but it wasn't moving. And, and it was, like, one of those things where you're, like, like, my is my eyeballs playing, like, a game? And, like, so we all see that. And we're, like, you know what? That's a perfect time to capture, capture it in camera. So we all went back to the car to get our cameras. And the baby doll's still there. But, like, now it's, like, looks like it's not moving. So then you think about, like, is your eyes moving? Like, is it your eyes playing a game on you? Or, like, is there something, like, really going on there? Right. And so we didn't end up get, we didn't end up getting that in camera at all, but that was one of our, like Mike was the one that pointed it out. He goes, he screamed, "Marina, does this look like it's moving?" And I'm like, at first I'm like, "No, like what are you talking about? Like what are you talking about?" <laughs> and then I'm like looking at it closer, and it's like, it looked like the hand was like slightly moving a little bit, right? And then we called Jake over, and then Jake's the type of kid he's like. You, are you like are you guys like stupid like what like what are you guys like talking about yeah. and he got freaked out because he did see it moving like right off the bat so then we were like you know what typical YouTubers let's go get our camera let's go film it and then it stopped moving completely oh. and we're like yeah that was one of our that was one of our scary moments that we have had so I have a summer house up in the Poconos okay and it was an old where my house is it was an old logging hotel so okay. I have family like 
you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, tenth cousins that come up there every year. Well, 1955, a big flood took it down. And uh, we just built our houses there. Well, let's say like five years ago, I think it was five years ago, my aunt, she was driving by, and there's no one up there in the wintertime except for my uncle, and he doesn't have any kids. She saw a little girl, like, just in fetal position on the ground and, like, the freezing snow, and she didn't stop either. She was running late for work, and she called my uncle. She was like, hey, uh, Jim, can you go down there? I saw a little girl. So he goes down to, like, where the location where the girl was, didn't see anything, but he saw a rubber red ball just, like, come down from the mountain and roll to his feet. Flash forward. Oh my God. Flash forward five years later. My dog wakes me up at three o'clock in the morning, and like three o'clock, you know. She yeah, 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 yeah. I'm walking my dog. <laughs> I'm walking my dog. I'm like a little disoriented. I hear like laughing, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm just, you know, whatever. I hear it again. Then my dog looks back, and it got closer, and it starts like, you know, rising, like getting like higher and higher. And I keep hearing like laughing. I'm like, fuck this. I'm running out. Oh, I got the chills, man. <laughs> oh my so, God. But it's creepy because like. There was no little girl, like, around back in the 50s from what I've heard. But, like, just the fact that, like, a flood took, like, everything down. Like, I'm assuming, like, where the flood came from in New York to, like, Delaware River, like, in Jersey, PA. I'm guessing that's where she, like, got found. But, uh, my summer house, like, if you guys, like, ever are around, like, we'll definitely, like, do, like, a trip up there one day. There's a lot of crazy, like, scary shit up there. We found, uh, bones in the water, like, a few marines. So, this kid, this dad was, like... All right, you're 18. In order for you to become a man, you got to jump off the bridge. Well, the kid did it. And then he got sucked under by an undercurrent. So three months later, my cousin Andrew found bones, like human remains. And he was just going to carve it. But, like, you know how, like, human bones are yeah. to smell. Search and rescue came. The cops came. State troopers came. A lot of fucked up shit. Oh, my God. That's, that's, that's crazy. But, like, you know, that's one of the craziest things that I've experienced up there. I've experienced some crazy things here, too. Uh, we heard, like, someone clap their hands, and, like, she was in the bathroom. I was doing the dishes, and someone just, like, clapped like that as clear as day. And oh, my God. We have cameras in the house, like, right there. Just, uh-huh. like, you know, just to... For security, yeah. Yeah. But you could hear it on the cameras, clear as day. Oh, my God. Hell no. And then sleeping and at night, I see, like, you know, blue lights. And you could tell, like, we're on the street. People are used to say, oh, it's not the cops. Like, no one's on the road. Yeah. I see blue lights coming from, like, the back, which it's just, like, nothing back there. And then... That just sounds like... Oh, hell. So, oh. and I think I think part of it's because I did seances in here, like, in my bathroom. And I'm thinking, like, I probably brought something in. Uh-huh. But... Yeah. Nah, same like, uh, with the Ouija board. Oh, bro, that's a whole different thing. I didn't... I never played it with them because, like... Just of my beliefs of being a Christian, like, that's something you do not want to play with. And, like, just from seeing, like, Jake's, like, reaction, stuff like that, he was, like, he's, like, yeah, bro, like, it's hard, it's so hard, like, to explain. He's, like, the triangle, like, the the piece would just move on itself, like, I'm, like, hell no, man. Like, that's just, that's one thing I could never do is, like, if I feel that board moving, I'm, like, you know what, <laughs> I, I got to dip out of here. And now have you ever, you never played it then? No, I, I never played it. I was I've been there for the videos, but I never played it just because like my beliefs of like, of like I don't want to mess with that. I don't want those demons near me. Nothing because I do believe that it's real. Like, like, uh, so once, all right. So Jake played it at his house like five times. Right. And we slept over because we were coming. I forget where we were coming from, so we slept over. So it's probably like. Maybe like 10 o'clock at night. Right. And we're like tired as hell. So we're ready to go to sleep. Bro, you hear the door open and slam. It can't be anybody else. Like right. His parents are, everyone's asleep. 
So that was the first time that something's not right. And then his mom would always tell us that he would, she would, her brother was dead. So she would always hear like her brother's voice some, like somehow at night. Right. So like for the longest time, like, Jake had to get a priest actually to go to his house and like pray for the house because it got so bad. Like so, yeah, like that's what happens when you play with that stuff. Like that's one. Th- that's why I never played it. Like, so like his Ouija board like series that he did, what that was all like real. Was oh like- my god, yeah. Like that was it was honestly one of the scariest things. Like for the longest time, I did not want to go to his house. Like nobody wanted to go to his house. Like his house was empty for like, a good like a month. Like no one wanted to be at the house because it was that bad. Really? Yeah, it, it was awful. See, like I. I want to play a Ouija board, and all my friends are afraid. Yeah, it's... it's. We were going to play it on the Devil's Road, actually, and this kid, his girlfriend was like, we're not playing that because, uh, you know, it's going to come to my house. I was like, well, who cares? I was like, I don't really care. But now, like, that, I've seen a lot of things on it. Like, it's kind of, like, scary, but I actually think it's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, but a lot of people thought, like, it was fake. Like, we were, like, making it up. Right. But we're, like... No, like, this stuff actually happened in, like, the house. Like, this is what... Or life has come to like, it's not fun. You guys like put your lives in danger just to. Oh my god, I, I can tell me how many times we put our life in danger. Like just in everything. Like, I got tackled by a cop once, like filming a video. Like really, we were filming, uh, Ocean County Mall in New Jersey. Shout out to them. <laughs> I had to write them a whole. <laughs> I had to write them a whole paper on like to let me back in the mall. Um. So yeah, so we're in the. So we're in the mall and uh, I'm filming. All I hear is like. Next thing I know, I was like, I, I got tackled because apparently you can't film there. I mean, the cop got in trouble because he's not—he's not allowed to touch me. Like I had no—he had no probable cause to actually touch me. Right. But yeah, like that's one of the things that we have put our life in danger. Like we have gotten tackled. We have gotten punched before. Guns. Guns. Yeah. Oh my god, that—that that gun st- right, We were in Philly and uh, we're filming a video. Me and my friend Joe. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Joe uh, Hanley. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've seen him in the videos before. All right. So we're filming a video, and uh, so we're in Philly. Blah blah. From the video, we went to Penn State because um, I had the bright idea. Let's go to Penn State and uh, see how many girls Joe can hook up with. So, <laughs> so we're doing our thing. Blah blah. So we're on our way back to the car, and a group of guys were like, "Oh, like how much is that camera?" And we're like, "Oh, I got it from the thrift store. Like probably like two dollars. You know, like BSing." And that's when we when and then we hear them say, "Get them!" And then they start chasing us, bro. Like we don't know what's going on. I know, I saw. I mean, I don't know if it was a gun or not. I I saw the one guy reach for something, so we started running even faster. And then Joe is not the more the most coordinated person ever, so like he's like tripping on his feet and everything. But yeah, we have definitely had times where it's like, what have we done to get here? Like, <laughs> how did our life get this bad that we are getting chased by people? See. There's one town in this... It's a city, really. It's called the city of Chester. Okay. I recommend never to go there. It's straight up... It's like the Kensington... Or, uh... The Kensington of Delaware County, which is where wow. we're at now. It's, like, top, like... Top ten worst cities to live in. I used to work there, and actually, my cousin, she used to be, like, really into drugs. Like, she would be okay. like, Hey, can you come walk with me to uh, Chester to go get pot? I'm like, Chester? I was like, at night? <laughs> so we're walking. She's like, put your hood up. I'm like, why? She's like, just put your hood up. And, like... There's all just, like, a bunch of, like, you know, black kids. Like, and like I said, I don't care, you know, who you are. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm friends with everybody. But, like, these guys, you knew they were, like, some sort of, like, drug dealers. And they had, like, guns and shit. I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, if, you're, if I get shot tonight, <laughs> I was like, my mom's going to kill you. <laughs> and then she's going to kill me. <laughs> and, like, that's the one experience I had with guns. With cops, 
up at my summer house, we were filming, and I was just filming a stupid video. I had my GoPro, it was waterproof, and she was on a paddleboard, I was on a tube. Water patrol comes, because there were jet skiers playing chicken with each other, and I don't know who called, it was probably a family member. Well, the cop comes down my, like, my stairs, okay. and private property, and I was allowed to go on. He gives her a $125 ticket for being on a paddleboard with no life jacket and no whistle. So I'm like, well, what's the whistle for? Well, in case someone goes out at 3 in the morning. I was like, who in their right mind, what idiot, will go out at 3 in the morning? <laughs> and then I was filming him, too, which made, like, the ticket worse. He was like, you know, uh, if you're filming me, it's okay, but uh, I don't like that people film me. I was like, well, I don't like that you're on my property. Yeah, that's – oh, I hate when the cops do that excuse. Like, I don't like when they film me. Well, like, you're filming me with your little camera. Like, why can't I film you? Like, because you're yeah. in the wrong. Like, some cops, like – like, yeah, like – I've gotten to a point where, like, I have done something stupid and uh, I deserve a ticket. But he tries to make it such a more, more big deal. And as soon as the camera comes up, like, as soon as you pop up the camera, they start, like, stuttering. They don't know what to say because, like, say something dumb. Like, like you're on camera now. At this point, like, I'm in control. Yeah. That's, yeah, I hate when cops do that, man. They, like, they don't like to be filmed. But it's because they're, they're uh, what do you call it? Like, if they say anything stupid, they know that they're getting fired or they're, or they're yeah, they're going to get fired. Oh, yeah. But, like, the fact that he was on my private property, like, you're, you're not supposed to go down someone's steps without yeah, permission. Yeah. And he was like, do you live here? I was like, yeah, I do. He's like, well, I want to see the deed. I was like, well, to be honest, officer, it's my dad's place, but me and him have the same name, so, like, you really can't, like... Yeah, yeah, there's no way to, like, say it's not yours. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. That's one thing I do hate about, like, being cursed with my dad's name, like... Sometimes, like, I still get mail sent to my parents' house and he'll open it thinking it's him. It's like, I ne- I'm a junior. I never put junior on any of my bills. And sometimes, like, a bill gets sent and he opened it. Oh, really? I'm just like, what the? I'm like, dude, don't open my shit. Is, is your uh, house in the Pokemon is right, like, right on the water? It's literally, so it's right on the water. So it goes house, then, like, a little bit of lawn, the road, and then river. Oh, and cool. it goes from Pennsylvania to Jersey. I don't know if you heard of uh, Belvedere, New Jersey. It's yeah, kinda, yeah. So that's right where it's at. Okay. So okay. Belvedere is like right. You just go right across the bridge. You're in Belvedere. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds like fun. I, I definitely would love to have like a. I mean, if it's not my main house, like a beach house, definitely. Like, oh yeah. The only problem is with floods, like every now and then. Oh yeah. But, but no, definitely. If you guys ever like do like want to do something fun around that like time, like in the summer, like just hit me up and we'll definitely like sip something up. Like cause uh, yeah, I, definitely. I have people over sometimes, and uh, it's a big family oriented like you know community where I have because there's just a whole bunch of houses okay. on the line, but no one bugs us. Like no one's really ever there. Yeah, but everyone's probably there just to have fun as well. Like yeah, that's cool. Now you're you're also a soccer player too. Yeah, I made the transition the. the transformation of instead of doing reckless videos i am now uh me and jake have started a, a company called uh jd13 which is a uh, soccer academy for online because uh i know when my when i played college in order for me to get to college my parents had to pay a lot of money to get me into the right team to the right training um like i asked a coach recently i was like how much is your academy it's called psa he said, "All oh, the kids are paying like three thousand per season. Whoa. That's so that's six thousand a year, right? And not a lot of kids can pay that. So what me and Jay have started doing is a an online course that will give the chance to kids to do high intensity training for a cheaper cost. And so you're gonna receive the same training that your friends are doing for a cheaper cost, 
and it's gonna be online. So the thing about that is, you can be in Chicago, you can be anywhere in the world, and do that target training. And I just, I, and I just feel like it's, like when I first started doing YouTube, it was fun, but now that I can do soccer, which is my passion, and do it on social media, that's when I realized like, this is what I want to do. I want to do social media with soccer and be a trainer at the same time. So that's, uh, Jake's and I's like focus is to do social media with soccer because that's that's our passion me and Jake have played we have been playing soccer since we were young like five and especially me like I can speak for myself like when I had to do a video for soccer like I'm ready to go I'm pumped like I'm I'm excited to put my shoes back on my cleats and uh but yeah that's what we, I'm doing soccer now and uh hopefully if God like blesses me it's gonna go big so that's what I'm doing now with soccer yeah I've seen you guys do a lot of soccer videos yeah. now and, like, I see all the comments are like, oh, go back to your old ways. But I'm thinking, like, you guys, like, you've been through so much stuff. And I yeah. can see you guys not wanting to go back and go through all the, like, the reckless stuff you did. Because soccer is now, like, the passion that you guys yeah. are following. Yeah, well, it's like the Pauls, like the Paul brothers, like Jake and Logan Paul. Like, they used to do reckless videos, but now you're older. Like, you can't do the same stuff because now the consequences get bigger. With, right. With, you guys have to understand that we're also people. Like, we are regular people by the law still, so... Like, when we were younger, we were doing the reckless videos, like, we couldn't get penalized as heavy. But now that we're 21, like, we can really get penalized as an adult. So, oh, yeah. we can't really do the same stuff anymore. So, like, I would love... Yeah, if I was 17 still, yeah, I would probably be doing reckless videos because that's what I was doing at that 17. But now that I'm 21, like, I have to think more about my future, which is, for me, like, soccer. Like, that's why I want to make a living off soccer. So, like, when I... I I, I get those comments I get those DMs as well like go back to doing like the 3am videos but it's just not what I'm it's just not who I am anymore like I've matured as well and it's just like I said consequences get bigger and right I just don't have the time anymore that, that's the thing with me like I'm 24 I'll be 25 in like less than a month so I would do you. I would do what you guys would do just like go to a haunted road go like you know breakfast things at walmart do stuff like that and i thought about it, i'm like wait a minute like i'm 20 i was like 23 or 22 at the time i was like if i get caught i was like i'm gonna go to jail for real this time uh, and, yeah and i snuck into this place called slate and it was an all-girls school haunted school we did it during oh, the day cool. and then my mom got like really like pissed off at me she was just like you know you're gonna go to jail if you get caught and this girl I used to date, she said, well, hey, if you, you see this right behind the place, she said, if you got caught in there by the cops, you're going to get like a $600 fine and go to court and then something else. And when we went, there was a cop there. And, you know, usually the cops are kind of cool. State troopers are like, well, what are you doing? And I was just like, I'm just going to film a video. You know, why not? I just want to film around, see what I can get into. Well, don't vandalize. I was like, oh, no, I would never vandalize. And like everyone just like, you have to be very careful with what you're okay. doing now because especially like if I posted it on YouTube and I know like a lot of cops in the area if they saw me go in there they could you know find a way to you know give you a ticket give you a ticket yeah, yeah. easily incriminate you now with this YouTube and videos that's why a lot of cops are getting a little worried when you start recording them yeah I mean, I have a karate teacher. I did karate for twelve years. Okay. So he always told me like, be careful what you post online. And then I just, when I, like, stopped going to karate, I was just like, eh, I'm not going to, like, listen to him. <laughs> and then, like, I thought about it after a while. I'm just thinking, like, you know, if I get caught, like, it's going to be, yeah. like, it could be bad. That's why, like, I still want to do, like, more, like, haunted-related videos, but I don't want to go to, like, some abandoned school and get, like, caught. 
but I see a lot of YouTubers do it, and then they don't get caught, but it's still, like... Also, like, what I realize is, like, well, people don't realize it, it's, like, once you're a big-name YouTuber, like, you can call the township and ask for permission as well. Um, and, yeah, like, some YouTubers will make it seem like they're sneaking in, but most of the time, they probably have permission to go in there at that point. Right. Because if you see it's an attraction to the town, and... Once you're big enough like that, you can ask for permission. They'll most likely say, yeah. Like, they'll probably be like... Uh, and if you say... Especially if you say, like, you'll sign a waiver saying that if you get hurt or something, like, they can't... You won't find them. Like, you, they'll probably say, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's one thing I, like, I would love to do. Like, I want to go back to Slayton because it was really nice in there. Like, so... It was an all-girls school for, like, women. Like, okay. girls who were, like, you know, doing crazy shit. So, we have... Uh, a juvenile detention center which is up the road where like all the kids would go for school and then we have Glen Mill School for Boys which is just a school where like you know boys would go if they were like doing like you know drugs or going to jail and stuff they would just go there and like clean up their lives then you have Slayton School that was there probably until 2000 but uh I read a lot of reports like there were a lot of papers on the ground that said uh so and so got out at night and they tied the teacher up to a tree and tried to uh, stab her with, like, a scalpel or some shit. Jesus. And, like, th- it's all in the video. And I did it off my uh, GoPro because then I have, like, a camera like I do now. Yeah. And, like, just, you know, seeing all that shit in there, it was just, like, Jesus Christ. It was really, like, messed up. <laughs> they had a pool table. Um, I think Miss Pac-Man. There was a Miss Pac-Man thing still in there. Oh, wow. It was really nice in there, but it was really creepy just, like, walking through. Oh, I bet. Especially the church. That was actually really creepy. Um a church that we walked into was full of asbestos. And that's here in Philly? That's like 20 minutes down the opposite direction. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, the church, it was like full of asbestos. So we had to like, you know, put our shirts up over our mouths just so we didn't like get like uh, sick or anything. Oh, hell no. It was just, it was so bad. And actually, <laughs> uh, I think someone set fire to uh, one of the buildings there not too long ago. Wow. But this girl told me she did a Ouija board video there and it worked. And uh, I never saw the Oh, movie. hell no. In the church? In, in, the, in the church. Oh, God, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't do it. <laughs> nah, that's, that's just... That's just a whole different topic. I mean, down in Jersey, we had this thing called... Uh, the Haunted of Salem, which was a... Uh, a place where, like, crazy people would go. Right. But it's abandoned, so we would we went in there. Uh, me and, like, kids from my high school and all that. I mean, I filmed a video there. Um... But yeah, like we walked in there, like there's like beds everywhere. It was definitely weird, like, and you definitely would hear some stuff moving still. Like, we we got to the pharmacy and like they still had like, full on medicine stuff there, like pills, like full on med. It was like insane, and I'm like, I'm I would not be surprised if there's probably a homeless person like living here, right? And like taking all these medic- med- like medications <laughs> for free. <laughs> yeah, that's just you know some of the shit that like you know everyone does it's so crazy nowadays and i that's something i don't want to live by anymore like i just rather just you know film my scripted series that i wrote and just like have a whole bunch of people the one thing i don't like though about like with many people who want to do social media they come up with an idea and then when like you're about to like you know do the idea they back out the last minute yeah i i agree with that as well uh like i feel like uh people think that social media is like so easy but they don't realize that like there's so much more work that goes into like behind the scenes right. yeah like, i know i know a bunch of people like yeah i want to have this idea for youtube and then once they start doing it they realize it's a lot more work than what they 
said they don't they don't go with it i'm like well what do you think like you think i would you think i would wake up every day and like know what i'm filming no i would have to think about it and i know that it was gonna take a while like i had to purchase some stuff as well like if we're gonna do a challenge with like a basketball or something i had to go buy basketballs like the idea it's easy to say the idea but once you get into it it's harder and you just have to have the mindset of like all right i'm gonna get this idea through and just go with on with it right it, it, there was a lot of tension when I filmed, like, so I made this uh, series called Dimension X. Okay. I just came up with a weird name. So basically, I go into a parallel universe. I find my clone, who's the evil twin. He comes out of our world, kidnaps me, then he kidnaps Tori. And then, you know, I had to do a whole bunch of, like, editing with that. And when me and her would do it, because it was just going to be a me and her, like, type of series, a lot of tension rose because, like, she would not want to, like, act anymore. And then, like... I would get pissed off if I didn't want it, if I didn't have it my certain way. It was just like one of those things that you have to like, you know, work with. Did and you get this up on YouTube or no? It's all on YouTube, but the views, my views, like fucking sucked after. Oh no, that's right. YouTube died completely. It, 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 I found it dying in the summer. Like when I was doing all this, I was like, Jesus Christ, my views are like shitty. And then like when I started posting the whole series on Facebook, I was like, oh, at least I get like a good like hundred views on here. And yeah. actually, like, posting more on uh, Facebook now, it's just, like, my views are going up. And some people who see me on, like, YouTube, like, my subscribers, someone commented and said, like, you deserve more views. I was like, well, YouTube's dead, so just, like, come over to Facebook right now. Yeah, no, Facebook is, uh, I mean, YouTube is just so shy. I mean, just look at all the big-name YouTubers that don't post anymore. Look at, uh, Logan Paul posts, what, once a month? Logan Paul, uh, Jake Paul doesn't post anymore, barely. It's just, like, got so bad that, I mean, I don't want to blame it on Logan, but, like, he was a face of YouTube. Like, if he did one stupid thing, like, all these companies would take money out. Right. You know? So, like, when there was no more money, they have they still have to get paid because they're the biggest YouTubers. So, it would make these other YouTubers that were in the hundred thousands, like, and lower not get paid anymore or anything. So, yeah, YouTube is definitely not... It's not the... It's not the wave anymore. I feel like... Not the YouTube it was. It's not yeah. It's not the YouTube it was. I think uh, Facebook and Instagram are the next big thing with the right. Instagram uh, TV. I feel like that's the next big thing. Yeah, I, that's that's what I like. I'm done with YouTube in January. Like I'm just like maybe I'll post one or two videos there, but I don't see myself doing YouTube anymore. Nah, me either. But the only the one video that got me a good amount of views it was with Stromedy. I roasted him as a joke I just like made like some joke up and like I roasted him I got like 6,000 views and all of his fans started like sending me death threats and shit I was like <laughs> oh my god then Stromedy commented on it so I emailed him I was like yo dude I was like you know that video was just for like you know pure entertainment yeah, yeah, and he was yeah. just like dude I don't care he was like but uh he was like all my fans hate you now I was like yeah I know <laughs> I was like I wasn't trying to like you know roast you I was like I actually watched your content yeah but, no uh, it, I mean not gonna lie that's like category views like when something's going off yo like i know i know a guy did a video on man so it was like exposing mikey mass and that video got like forty thousand views and bro we're like oh my god so i know for the longest time like my clickbaits would be like is this really what's going on with mikey mass or like uh, i had some kid do like uh brian marino is not who he says he was and it was like a dog it was like a video of like say I'm not really Mexican or, like, say I'm, I'm actually white and all that. And it was, like, bro, the kid got, like, 14K views. I'm, like, oh, that, that, I guess that's what we have to do now is, like, exposing other people. Yeah. 
I think controversial. People, yeah. People will eat it. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's this girl. I don't know if you guys like heard her. Her name is like Alice. Uh, what the hell is her name? Alice Cooper or something. Um, she she roasts uh, Lance Stewart a lot. Like she makes like videos about Lance Stewart all the time. Like okay. uh, exposing Lance and Lizzie for their relationship, or Lizzie Worth uh, broke up with this guy to get back with Lance. And I'm just like thinking like she's really like on like Lance's uh, dick right now. Mm-hmm. And I actually like I made a video about her just like making a joke, and I emailed on Twitter. I was like, hey, like I'm just doing this video for you, making a joke, and she blocks me. I'm like, I was like, really? So I didn't think that was that big of a problem. Yeah, some people don't want to get exposed just because, like, they know that if they get exposed, like, most likely people are going to be like, you know what? Like, yeah, that is true. Why is he doing that? Like, why is she doing that? Yeah, it was, I mean, I wasn't trying to be, like, rude or anything, but, uh, I mean, people <laughs> would, like, take that, like, take things very seriously nowadays, I've seen. And that's one thing I, I wish I could change about the world, like, you know. I wish everyone could just, like, get along for once. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's what we all want, like. That's what we need. It's literally what we need in life. I mean, everything's just, like, with the world, like, being the way it is now, like, just with a lot of chaos and stuff, like, there has to be some sort of happiness. Yeah, yeah. I I agree with that. that's one thing I, like, wish that, like, I could change and what I want to do with my life. So, on Facebook, like, what is your role? You just just upload whatever you want, or is there a theme? Yeah, I just upload whatever I want, so... I got a new car, which was a Jeep Commander. I got it from this dealership called Fala. Okay. Um, I got the car there, and I made a video about that. Then I made, like, a Thanksgiving video where her parents came, or her mom and brother came. I just did a video like that. Then I made a video calling out the dealership, because the dealership I got it from, they're really, like, kind of, like, they're not a good dealership. They'll give you, like, a car that's a lemon. So, say, like, you're driving, like, a Nissan Versa. The brakes are shot. They squeak. Um part of the interior is like falling apart and uh, that was a rental car I had so I made a video where I got my car back so I would like do like a random vlog about whatever and then I got the car back and I roasted them saying like oh well thank you for giving my car back after a month they left trash in my car which was like a bottle of like uh, green tea from Wawa and then uh, they pretty much didn't fix what they like were trying to fix they wanted them to fix the trunk and fix the key because like now I had to manually unlock my door which is a big pet peeve of mine and I roasted them. I was just like, don't ever go to this company because uh, they will not give you what you uh, pay for. And that's one of the biggest, that's one of the like, things I'm thankful about social media is like, once you have a big following, like, companies are scared of what you post. Oh, yeah. Like, I had a, well, yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think it was with my truck, man. I, when I got my truck new, uh, the the fob would just unlock and, and lock on its own. Like, its own. like, the truck just randomly started listening out. So I, I texted the, the guy that sold me the truck. He wasn't doing anything about it. So I went on, I went on uh, Instagram, and like for the longest time, I made stories every day about how bad that, and I would tag them on everything, like uh, Twitter, all that, like, all, on everything. And the owner messaged me on uh, Twitter. and was like, hey, man, like come in. I'll pay for everything that has to get fixed, and it'll be done all for free. Wow. So like, he, yeah, he fixed everything that was wrong with my truck for free. Really? Yeah, just because like, he knew that, like, because I was getting like, he was saying like, he, would get, he would get calls, other people saying like what you did to uh brain was not right like uh like bad reviews on google so once he saw like who i was he's like you know what like just come in and we'll fix it so that's one of the positive things that like social media does is like it fixes stuff for right. you the one thing i do like about social media you can do you can say whatever you want and like something will like happen like for instance like i'll make a video i'll like post something on social media oh i did a interview with uh you know so and so and then they'll be like 
their followers will come to me and then like you know subscribe to me or whatever and then they'll I'd be like hey uh, can I come on your show for an interview like depending on what they do I've had that happen a few times oh that's amazing that's it, good especially with that girl Audra from The Voice like okay. that got about 3,000 views and somebody oh. from Florida messaged me she was like hey you know I know Audra very well can I be on your show I'm like uh, yeah I was like what do you do she told me she sang and whatnot. she's been on my show a few times but uh, she uh, the one thing I don't like about like with a lot of people who do social media especially I know they do it for about a year and then they quit. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just because they don't want to do it or they're just not like getting like the following that they want. That's one thing. It's like you just have to be committed, man. Like I know, uh, I know I laid off social media for like a little bit, but that's because I was just I was just like preparing myself to do a comeback on something. Like I knew that I wanted to do soccer, so I was like doing my research on how to blow up on Instagram with soccer. Um, but yeah, people think like followers just gonna come overnight right like you did podcast for four years and you're now just getting a partnership right yeah. like like people realize that not everything's gonna come right off the bat you have to work for what you want like <laughs> if you want followers you gotta upload if it takes a year keep all of uploading more than a year your photos whatever you want but the followers will get there but it's not gonna happen overnight people have to realize that and, and the same thing like I would just get people who wanna act for like this thing I'm doing in like January and they're like well how much we're getting paid I'm like it's going to be like not. I'm like, dude. Like, I can't really pay you right now. I was like, until I get like a good following and get money, like with what I'm doing, yeah. then I will like you know pay you guys. Or I was like, once the whole like series is over, I'll just have like a big dinner. Why not? Like, yeah. I'll make dinner. I won't like. I'll buy everything and just have yeah. the dinner here. Why not? Oh, I don't want to do that because it's not money and uh, you know, I have other things to do with my life. I'm like, okay, well then you know you could be missing out on something good. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer, like, if I do this, like, somebody's going to see it and be like, all right, uh, you know, send me to pitch in, like, L.A. and, like, let's go out there and do stuff. Yeah, yeah. some people that just aren't, like, people people, people persons. Like, uh, I know, uh, all right, I'm not going to say a name, but I know this one person that I was like, hey, like, help me with this video. And uh, they're like, well, what's it going to be for me? I'm like, I mean, I'll tag you. And she's like, well, I know you make money, so, like, I think you should, uh, you should pay me. I'm like, pay you for what? Like, you're not helping me with anything. Like, you don't have, if, if you were another influencer and I knew I was going to make money, then, yeah, like, maybe we can split something. But, like, you have 200 followers from the, home, from the hometown that I'm from. Like, what can you help, help me with, basically? Why would I pay you for nothing? Like, if anything, I'm helping you out because I'm going to tag you in the post. Like, right. Yeah, some people just don't have don't want to do anything just for be thankful or like be like generous like that's like me saying if david beckham was like hey uh let's make a soccer pin i was like all right how much are you gonna pay me like no it's david beckham like i would be like all right like no problem i'll be there tomorrow like yeah. i'll pay for my flight and everything like don't worry about it so i i i know what you're talking about man like, it's annoying people do that when i had my friend film the engagement video we were actually talking about this earlier uh tori and i my friend steve you know he we're cool now he came with me to film my, uh, you know, me getting engaged. Okay. So we went to the aquarium, and it's like, I think it was like 60 bucks for all three of us or whatever. And he was like, oh, are you going to pay for me? And I'm like, no. He was like, well, dude, you got to pay for me because I'm coming here to film for you. I was like, but that wasn't the deal. Like, you know, I was like, why don't you just pay for yourself? Oh, I don't have money. You know, it's Christmas time. I'm like, fuck. So I had to pay for him. And then uh, he didn't even offer because I don't know if, like, do you guys have to pay to get over the bridge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't even offer to pay like five dollars to go over the bridge, but he got himself food. 
like he bought his own self food and he didn't even uh, offer to you know buy buy anything for us or like you know he just filmed the video and when he filmed the video it's kind of dark in the aquarium i was like dude use like the you know the, fl- the flashlight on your phone? phone yeah uh i think that's stupid uh, i'll just like get up really close to you and he was like really close like close to me and you like oh my god now that, that's one that's my biggest pet peeve was like bro if i'm telling you to do something like and it's for me like just do it like don't it, it, like like ah that's my biggest pet peeve was like um we have a well i have a friend in, in common like i have a friend that i'm like all right man when i'm filming this shot film it this way and he's like but i don't want to do it I'm like, bro, if I'm telling you to film a shot, like, <laughs> I'm the one with the experience. Like, I know what people want to see. Like, film the shot. Like, yeah. Just do it. Like, I know for the longest time, we would, I would literally have, like, three phones on the back of my camera to get the lighting for the video at night. Right. So, it's like, use a flashlight because I know that it's going to work. So, like, I, yeah, I hate people like that, man. That's my biggest appeal is, like, people don't listen when you know, when, when you're the one with the experience, you know? Right. And especially, like, when I used to vlog, too, I used to have friends that would tell me, like, you can't film a video until you show it to me, and then we're going to edit it together. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not my boss. Yeah. So I lost friendships over me doing my own, like, thing. I would just follow, like, you know, all you guys yeah. on, like, YouTube. I was just like, all right, well, if they're going to vlog and then, like, have a little story set up for, like, you know, in the middle of the video where you guys go to a haunted, like, uh, road or whatever. Yeah. I'm just going to do that because, like, that's what, like, some people want to see. Yeah, yeah. And they were thinking, like, no, you have to smoke uh, smoke a bowl and then you have to, uh, you know, do something crazy. And then <laughs> you have to talk about uh, history on your, uh, on camera or whatever. Yeah. So there's this one kid I know. He does, uh, it's called, like, higher education or something. So he used to, like, smoke a bowl. And then talk about history on his uh, podcast. I think I heard about that. Is it a big guy? Is it like a well name? Is it like a... No. Small. He's very small. Uh. He tried to beat me at my own game. Oh, really? Yeah. He said, I'm going to make something better. So he would do that. And we were competing for a little bit. But I had more views than, than he did. And actually, he's been doing it for maybe a year. And then I got partnership. And I'm just like, I finally beat somebody. <laughs> And we don't talk anymore. I'm just like, and I tried to hit him up the other day. I was like, hey, man, like, how have you been? Like, you know, we haven't talked in a while. I was like, dude, like, how have you been? What's up? He never answered me. I think yeah, he's, some, like, a little pissed off. Yeah, some, sounds like jealousy. Yeah, some people would definitely get jealous and be like, uh, just blowing you up right up. But in reality, it's like, if if you would have been, if you would have won, like, you would have, like, how should I say, like, they're going to be mad because they didn't win. But if they would have won, they probably would have treated you like the same, you know? Like Yeah. Well, the thing I didn't like, he would always smoke pot. And, like, as a kid, I've, you know, I've experimented a little bit. Yeah. I'm, now I'm just at that point where I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. Like, Definitely. I, I think doing drugs, like, nowadays is just, like, it's something 13-year-olds would do. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> Literally. I, like I've done stuff when I was 16, whatever, and I'm just like, eh. I like, everyone's like, hey, you want to, like, come out and smoke? I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to do any of that shit. And that's what they would do. They would do it constantly all the time. And, like, there was points in my life where I wouldn't do it. And he would be like, hey, can you drive me to go get, uh, you know, weed for this guy in uh, this uh, town? I'm like, yeah, sure. And I'm thinking, like, if we get caught by the cops, I'm fucked. Because it's my yeah, personal it's your, vehicle. Yeah. And, and I just don't want to be around that. Because it's, like, even though it's getting, it's like, legalized everywhere, I just don't want to do it. Yes, that's that's my biggest thing, too, man. It's, uh... It's, I feel like there's a there's an age for everything it's like there's an age to be mature there's an age to like 
be mature and like smoking weed in high school it's different like you can't really get in trouble for it but yeah like I know like 35 year old men that are still smoking weed like like they're in high school I'm like bro like don't you got a job you gotta do tomorrow like don't you, <laughs> isn't there a drug test you gotta pass or something like or they're like 4 year old men on probation I'm like bro like that's a high school thing for me like yeah. probation was like kid, like kids in my high school were on probation like you're a grown man like, you should be getting ready to go to work or something tomorrow not like worrying about your piss test like oh yeah I I can't I mean I think there was one job I did where we did do drug testing and uh, I passed but uh, other than that like I know a lot of jobs that don't drug test and like even people I work with are like oh yeah I can't wait to go home and uh, smoke this that and third I'm like oh I'm like well that's good for you I mean (laughs) I'm just going to go home and maybe like you know film or work on my uh, podcast or whatever the the thing with like smoking is like I I understand it relaxes you, but who wants gets like who wants to get the munchies to me? Yeah, that's what's like. Who wants to be hungry like that? Like, and I think uh, everything in excess is bad. So like, if you are uh, listening and you're a weed, you know you, you you smoke weed. We're not trying to bash weed. We're just saying if you're abusing it, yeah, you're gonna. It makes you dumb. You know, I used to smoke a lot of weed, not going to lie, but <laughs> I, and I've seen the difference when I was smoking and I, when I wasn't smoking. When I was, I was lazy, munchies all the time. I was gaining ma- a lot of weight, but when I got off the weed, I became more productive, right. you know? So like, and that's like part of maturity, like you were saying, like once you mature a little bit and you get off like that adolescent phase, get that rebellious phase out of you, like you will become more productive, right? you know? And the same thing goes with drinking too. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I know people who drink and then they drive home drunk. And actually, <laughs> well, obviously, but I mean, there was one point. So we have checkpoints like every every you know major holiday. We have checkpoints everywhere. Okay, wow. Some I, guy was dry, uh, walking and he was like, you know, a little intoxicated. He got hit by a car. So the next week, I think it was like Thanksgiving weekend, checkpoint right down the street at that gas station. Then there was a checkpoint like right up the street a little bit. And... uh yeah, just people really abuse like abuse alcohol and it gets that's like crazy. out of hand. Yeah, no, that's drink. I mean, I don't know. Like, I had beer once and it's like just doesn't taste good. But like, I am twenty one, so I'm allowed to drink. Right. Um, like mixed drinks, I can do. But I've been tipsy like once, and it's like awful. Like, oh, I just hate not knowing like what I'm doing. Everything's like slow motion for me. Like, and then the next day, like, and then like a hangover, bro. Like. The next thing you wake up throwing up, or you or you wake up to a nasty ass bathroom with like throw up everywhere, and it's like, why did I get myself here? Like, I I've never been hungover. I mean, I just get stomach aches. Okay. Yeah, okay. but like I don't abuse alcohol. So like occasionally I'll have a drink here or there, and like when we go to the bar to go watch like a UFC fight, I'll have a drink with my friends and like show us watch like a fight or whatever. But uh, I can't abuse alcohol. I mean, I know a lot of people who've been through like a lot of uh fucked up things i have uh family members who've you know experienced like alcoholism and what it's uh been through and what it's affected them especially with uh in there too yeah or uh her dad you know was abusive abusive in that but in my family alcoholism is very big because we're all like scottish and uh i don't like to follow into the footsteps because yeah. i know what it can do and it can like wreck relationships and all that and that's oh, something definitely. that's something I do not want to get into. Like, say if like I do ever get like multimillionaire famous, like you know somebody who's on TV, I don't want to 
abuse like the drugs and alcohol yeah. that people are like throwing at you oh yeah man everybody does oh that's one thing I realize is like in LA like people who don't think they do drugs they do oh, yeah. oh shit lot of drugs uh, I was in Venice Beach and uh, every like five mi- five minutes every mile you could just smell weed I'm thinking oh wow did you uh, see that one place on Venice Beach that's called like Dr. Green or something it was like a green like uh, it, it looked like an office like, like a doctor's office but it was like uh, green it was like a mar- or was it like I'm pretty sure it was like called Dr. Green and I was like like there's an actual like uh, store to buy weed at because like in Jersey we don't have that like right. we you know and I was like yo this isn't like LA is just different and like the green doctors the green doctors the green yeah. doctors yeah we have a place uh, five minutes away it's called Herbology okay and it's people they have like medical marijuana cards they have to like buzz themselves in to get in so no, like no one can just walk in okay so you have to buzz yourself in but uh that i thought that was pretty interesting and i'm thinking like wow like i never would have expected that as oh 100 I, I mean i have a message that invested into the when marijuana was first getting legalized i mean this man lives on a nice boat now like he's rich <laughs> as hell um like i'm not saying like it's I feel like I would definitely invest into medical marijuana if the chance came around. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing because I have a cousin that suffers from a bone disease and he gets really bad joint pains. So when he smokes, like, it really does relax him. It helps him with the pain and all that. So, but I also feel like there's the right time to use it and there's the wrong time. If you're just using it for, like, to get high with your friends, like, that's pointless to me. But if you're using it for an actual reason, and I'm like, yeah, man, like, use it because... If that helps you sleep at night, then that's what you gotta do. I mean, same thing. Uh, that's I go like my mom. She has bad knee pains, and like every drug she's like gotten for like you know when she went to the doctors and stuff, it would not like help her. Okay. So then when medical marijuana came around, my dad was like, "Well, why don't you just like apply for a medical marijuana card?" And she was like, "Well, I don't want to do that." And she was like, "Why? You've done it before, like you know illegally." Yeah. And she and he was like, well, how'd you feel after that? Oh, I felt good. And he was like, well, then apply for a medical marijuana. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because then your knees won't be hurting you as much, and you won't be complaining. Yeah, actually, uh, this soccer season, I uh, this this past soccer season, I used a CBD uh, cream on my knees because I, I have a really bad knee. And uh, believe it or not, it was like great. And the best part about it, it's it's approved. So like, uh, if I was to get drug tested, like for a college soccer, uh, you would pass. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I know a lot of athletes such as, like, Kronkowski, um, like, NFL players, like, they use it. And, uh, I don't know if you heard the news, but MLB just passed a law. Oh, uh, really? MLB, you can officially smoke marijuana and you won't get charged. So now, all their drug system only check for, um, steroids and, uh, cocaine. Wow. Yeah, they don't, they don't check for marijuana anymore because now it's legalized in the MLB. Wow, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty I crazy. Mean, I have bad knees, too, just from, like, doing karate for, like, 12 years of my life. And wow. when I stopped, like, my knees just, like, were so jacked. Oh, I bet, because you, you were jumping up and down, like... Jumping, kicking bags. Yeah. I think the gnarliest thing I did was uh, I did, like, a 360 kick and broke, like, two uh, two boards. And oh, that's uh, pretty cool. My teacher, he was, like, so against it. He was like, if you do this, you got to do it the right way. I was like, well, what's the right way? He was like, you got to kick with a certain part of your foot. I was like... I'm not doing that. <laughs> I kicked it perfectly. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I got it. <laughs> and then when I did, like, a elbow break or whatever, that actually hurt because, like, kind of part of the board, like, got me, like, right up here. Oh, really? On my ne- yeah. Uh, nah. that's, not, that's, that's one thing I wish I could do, but. 
Yeah. It's, I was, I'll, I'll tell you a story, actually. My first or second class, I say it was my second. My teacher has a different opinion. He says it was my first. Okay. So, my second class of karate, we were doing board breaking. And back before, like, he changed the whole, like, system, it would be, like, board breaking day. So, everyone would have to go up and, like, break a board, you know, this, that, and the third. I wanted to quit because I was afraid to break a board. I was, like, 10 years old, and I told him, I was like, hey, I want to quit. He was like, why? <laughs> I was like, oh, I just don't like it here. He was like, that's not a reason. And I was afraid to break a board. So once everybody left, and I was really insecure as a kid. Once everybody left, I was like, hey, can I, like, break a board? And he was like, yeah, sure. So I did, and I broke a board. I stuck with it since. Wow. That's pretty cool. And actually, that that's what gave me the confidence to, like, you know, start this whole thing and like youtube and all that but like i still lack confidence especially with like people who i don't really know very well you know what i mean no that's definitely one of uh, my things was uh i was a quiet kid and then soccer just broke me out of my shell and then even like social media like i feel like now by talking like in front of like big crowds like i don't even get nervous anymore because it's like so normal to me because I, like, I think about it and like if i can hold a camera and speak to thousands of people and thousand people comment on my videos I can do it to I can do it in front of this crowd right. and that's my mentality it's like I go out there I bust some jokes I say what I have to say and get it on like <laughs> where else what can go wrong you know what about uh, have you ever like done any like uh, public speaking at all yeah uh, I've done it I guess you'd say our church I did before there yeah. um, small school event um what else? What else? And just in front of the fans, like when people, like when people come up to you, like a crowd comes up to you, they start asking you questions. Like you gotta, you gotta know how to answer on the spot, you know? Right. Um, that's something I would definitely love to get into. Is like more of a school public speaking about social media, about like the cons, like how it's not cool to like comment like stupid things on people's posts, all that. Um, but that's definitely in the future plans. Is like actually go to actual schools and talk about it about what social media can do for you and like, right. what are the bad things it can do for you. I did a, uh, that was like my third podcast I did back in 2015. It was a pros and cons of social media. Okay. And I did it off my iPhone. It's when I, so I started first on YouTube and then, then when YouTube wasn't like going really anywhere mm-hmm. back in like 2015, that's when I started doing it on Facebook and then my views would go up and then that's when the interviews started coming in. Okay. Because I would follow people on like, you know, podcast mm-hmm. uh Short story long, uh, he's the guy from Robin Big, Drama, the cousin. Okay. He would, like, interview people. And then Chris Hardwick, he would do his own thing. So I was like, all right, you know, interviewing people here and there. That could, like, you know, branch out into something good. And then it did. Yeah, no, Drama's a really, really cool guy, man. He's so down to earth. You ever meet him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a really cool man. He's he's legit. He's 100% oh, yeah. legit. Yeah, he's cool. Same, uh, who else was pretty, like... I just feel like everybody has something in in, uh, in the social media industry that is genuine. Like, yeah, you meet those assholes that, like, are completely fake. But once again, you, you also meet those people that, like, give you tips about life. Uh, like, this one kid named uh, Dion, he's in the fashion industry. But he's the one that would, like, like motivate me to, like, if this isn't working for you, okay, tweak something about it. But don't change it completely like he's like okay this post got 2,000 2,000 likes and your next post got say 1,000 likes tweak something about it but don't change it like tweak something that you did over here with this outfit 
but don't change the, the outfit completely. Right. And see if that helps. And it was true. And some people like hashtag. Like something I realized like hashtag and tagging people get you what you want, like likes and views. Like I know for like on YouTube, like one of my hashtags would be like. Jake Paul, Logan Paul, uh, <laughs> David Dobrik. <laughs> like, like, they weren't even in the video. We'd be like, uh, viral content, Jake Paul did what? Meanwhile, it has nothing to do with them. <laughs> like, but, like, those people, those hashtags would, like, come up on the videos. So, oh, yeah. Like, if, someone, if someone was typing, like, Jake Paul by any chance, like, and my, and my video was going viral, like, that video, that, my video would pop up at, on the Jake, uh, Jake Paul because it has a hashtag with that name. You right. Know? I used that in a title once. I said it is, was, uh, what was it? I called Jake Paul and he answered. And then, like, it was just numbers I found on that. I was like, what is uh, Jake Paul's number? So I typed it in. I got, like, a couple hundred views on that. I was like, oh, lit. And then, like, I made a follow-up video. Jake Paul's manager called me. And then everyone was just like, "You're that's fake. This is that. <laughs> Third, I was like, oh, no. I was like, you called me. No, one of my favorite videos was uh, uh, calling my ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Oh my God. Some of those, some of the comments were like, "You're like you deserve better." They'd be like, "Oh, they'd be like, f that hoe." <laughs> like, oh, I'd be mad funny. <laughs> yes, that, that's one thing about missing about YouTube is like, the funny content. But like, when you do social media for a living and and you work off, and you make money off videos, and that one product isn't making you money anymore, you have to move on. Like, as much as I wish I didn't have to move on, I have to. Like, I have to do something else. That's gonna provide for me now. Like, right now, I heard uh, TikTok is a new thing. Oh yeah. I heard, like that girl Charlie uh, D'Amelio. I don't know if you ever heard of her. Nah, never. Oh, bro, this girl is just blowing, bro. I, uh, she's like seven point four million view, uh, followers on TikTok. Like, goes viral nonstop. And like this, and like I'm trying to do cyber videos, but I'm like, that you, you have to be like a fuckboy on TikTok to go oh, big. Yeah. Like, uh, I know Jake just hit, like. A million uh, views on a soccer video, but that's like so rare to do. Like my one video on TikTok did twenty three thousand. Then after that, every other soccer video goes like sixty three views, like one hundred fifty. I'm like, and meanwhile, like these kids are like dancing shirtless, getting a thousand views. Like I'm like, uh, is that what I have to do on TikTok? Like, there's like a certain algorithm for people our age to like do yeah like, and no one and it's you have to do something different all the time yeah uh, for astronomy for example he just does strictly haunted stuff and yeah. like I'm, I'm surprised that he's actually like you know still standing very well and like yeah. doing youtube still but like with you and mikey and jake like i've seen like your guys as we used like back like a couple years ago versus the summertime when <sighs> awful man oh it's it's going down and especially with me like my first video i've ever done on youtube like where i went on the the cozart road i got okay. like a thousand views on it okay and then like my views were going up and then they went down because i took like a week off and it just kept going down and down and down yeah. and even i would use hashtags like you said i would like jake i would put jake yeah. paul or i would even put like you know your guys's name in like the hashtags to see what would happen i just don't i just what i think happened with youtube was they realized that so many people were going on it that they decided to choose who to recommend because that's all it was man if you were recommended on the channel you, uh, on youtube you were going viral that day because after every video that ended you know how it pops up like uh you recommend this video and like circle real quick and then go on to that video. Yeah. Autoplay, yeah. Yeah, autoplay. If you, if you were on the recommended for autoplay, like you were going viral that day because that, that means your every video, your, that video was going to go on everybody's uh, YouTube after it was done. 
and if you if you didn't hit the recommended page anymore, like, you were shot. Like, there was <laughs> no way, especially now that you're age restricted, bro. Like I lost so many subscribers to age restriction because they didn't qualify for the age of eighteen and over. So those kids, like YouTube, automatically unsubscribed them to me, and they wouldn't watch my videos anymore. So like so many things happen to YouTube that like they try to make it safer for kids, but they made it worse for those content creators. Yeah, that's what killed me. The age restriction, and I got demonetized a few times over the summer because like every other word I would say the f word, and <laughs> and, and I believe what with Gary Vee with him saying like when people curse it means you're more it makes you sound more intelligent and more assertive and that's the word I go by like I can say fuck all the time and like I <laughs> even I get cheat yells at me sometimes for cursing and uh it's just it's just who I am I always like to curse and when YouTube just like was going down that route it interested me I would just try to like you know edit my uh oh my cursing yeah. out and even that wouldn't work I would mute myself and but you could hear me mouthing fuck and oh. uh I tried doing a beeping video once, like just beeping every like stuff I said wrong, but for a good minute, like, everything was like beep, high beep, high, like beep 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 beep, because like, all the I had like Mike or Jake or like Joe or Aaron like just screaming in the background, just like cursors, and it's like I was like it's just the way we talk, like like yeah, YouTube just completely shot everything. But the one thing I do want to do one day is just collab with, like, all you guys. Because, like, where I live, nobody wants to do anything. At least in my town. All my friends are always just, like, you know, social media is stupid or, like, go with, go back to school. This, that, and yeah, who lives around you that does social media? Just me at the moment. There's one kid, actually. His name is Tom, uh, Tom Flint. He does, like, relationship videos. Why does that name sound mad familiar? Probably Pat Flynn. He does, like podcast tutorials and stuff oh like yeah but this kid he like he tells like 13 year olds what guys actually like but he lives in like las vegas and i'm thinking like that's kind of stupid to me but he get he's actually not a he's a big youtuber but uh he lives in vegas now um but that's the only kid i know but around, around here, here i'm like the only one what about uh have you ever have you ever interviewed like rappers uh i've interviewed like one rapper oh yeah but he's like you know lives out in la his mm. name he actually has a business uh, he started called, like, Volk Management or something. And he used to be a bouncer in L.A. And he knows, like, all, like, the, you know, big-time rappers. And I was, I was like, hey, man, like, can you, like, hit one of them up and, like, tell them to come on my show one day just for, like, you know, something? And he never got back to me. But, like, he's actually trying to get some guy I know who I went to high school with, like, in the whole business because he's, like, rapping. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. That's good. Yeah, man. I... I- I, I always I was a rapper I feel like that's one of the coolest things like if you can spit bars and write music like I, I feel like it's so cool to me I don't know how Mikey and Adamir do it well Adamir is so talented that kid is stupid talented that, really yeah he could sing on the beat like I remember we used to like walk around like school and like, he would hit every note like that kid is so talented and Mikey like he has a he has an ear for music so like he's learning a little bit more how to do stuff but Adamir is just very talented I'm sure if he if he just got his stuff together and, like, wanted uh, And just, like... He just needs that one guy that can get him through the next phase. Where, like, we're not music people. We don't really know who to hit up, you know? Like, same thing with him. Like, who's, who can he really hit up, you know? I mean, there is... Like, the guy I do know, he's, like... He is starting the business, and he actually has gotten people on the radio. So, like, that kid, Tom, who I was... Not Tom Flint, but the other one who was, like, trying to get into yeah. music. He was been on the radio a few times. Oh, yeah? In L.A., yeah. And uh, he's planning a trip to go out there soon. But uh, they're always asking me to come film with them. But I'm just like, you know, what do you guys want to film? And they're like, oh, documentary. All right. When do you want to do it? Uh, let me get back to you. So, like, 
for the last like three weeks, I've been waiting for this guy to like you know, give me like a set time to have a conference call with him, and he's always like, uh, I'm kind of busy at the moment. I'm like, dude, like that's the worst. If you want something done, like I will do it for you. Just like you let know, me know. Yeah. let me know, and we haven't had a conference call, and this is going on like four weeks, I think. So I just kind of gave up on him. I was like, you know what? Call me whenever you can at this point. Yeah, I know, I know that feeling. With me, I just, you know, if I want something done, I want it done. Yeah, so that, that's how I am as well. Like, if, I, if I'm going to film a video, like, tomorrow, like, I'll make sure I film that video tomorrow because I can't wait. Like, I feel like, I feel like if I wait another day, then, that, then I'm too late to get it. You know, that's how I... That day becomes two, that yeah. day becomes three, yeah. four, then. Even when I first came here, like, I wanted to film, like, everything when I came here. And then, you know, I just kind of slacked a lot. How long are you living here? Uh, this is going to be coming up on a year in February. Okay. So. And it seems quiet. It seems like there's... It's a lot of old people. It's nice. It's so, nice, though. I like the, the silence. The, yeah. only, the only thing I hate is just the street. So, like, if you're coming home or if you're just sitting here at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, like, you hear people slamming on their horns and stuff. <laughs> but the thing I like about this area is, like... It's not it's not a bad area. There's like some bad parts of this area. But like with some of the stuff that like I've read like when it comes to like haunted shit or whatever, like it's literally like ten minutes, fifteen minutes, forty minutes down the road. And how far are you from the city? Uh it's about twenty minutes. That way or this way? That way. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever go out there and film some stuff? I filmed uh one video out there. Oh, okay. And uh, it was just more like I would just do like random shots of like a certain like uh, art piece or whatever. And that's when my friend Steve came with me. But uh, he didn't want me to do vlogging either. He thought that was stupid. He just wanted me just to go film like, you know, random like sculptures or something. Yeah, you got to cut those toxic people out, man. That's one thing I learned. Me, us three, man. Even every, like all my friend group that were still friends, we learned how to cut every toxic people out, man. Because they just want to see you bring, like they just want to see you down. And it's like not what I want, you know? Like, yeah. Like we all support each other. I think what it is a little bit is that people are scared to like to act on their own dreams, so they try to bring other people's dream down. Yeah. So to try to make it like they want to live their own dreams out, yeah. like through other people, you know, when they're not brave enough or don't have the courage to do a podcast, to do live, to do you know videos. I had this girl who was on my podcast back in like 2016, and someone said, you know, this sucks. And it was because she couldn't tell who was talking because I had her on the phone. And, like, she wanted – the girl who said that this sucks, she wanted both of us to be on the screen together. And I didn't know how to do any of that back when I first was doing this. That girl that was on my podcast took it to heart. And she – I was like, hey, you want to come back on my podcast? She was like, no, someone said it sucks, so I don't want to uh, do it anymore. Really? I was like, well, the only reason she said it sucks because she didn't know who was talking. And no one knew my style of, like, podcasting back then. So now – you know, she has her own podcast, but she kind of, like, quit after five months of doing it. And Nah, man. Don't ever read your comments. That's one thing I learned, bro. I would see, I would see my YouTube comments, and it'd be like, you fucking idiot. You suck. Like, kill yourself. Like, I'd be like, you fat piece of shit. I'd be like, like, that's one thing I learned, man. Like, don't not read your comments. I mean, I, I mean, I would, I would always come back and be like, like, thanks for the view. Uh, I appreciate the comment. <laughs> come back next week, same time. That's one thing I learned. Like, don't ever read your comments, man. Some girl commented on my uh, on my one video, and she wasn't making a lick of sense. And she was like, <laughs> the cops are going to come after you. You're bullying me. I come here and, and kill you. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, what? And I was sitting here trying to, like, 
I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, you bully me. I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, why are you commenting? She wrote, like, novels beyond novels, like, commenting and not even making any sense. Probably in a different country. And, and like, I was, I was trying not to be rude about it, and I just got fed up. I was like, listen, I was like, you don't have any subscribers. Get the hell out of my, get, get off my page. She's like, I called the cops. I said, good. I live at this address. Ridiculous. I challenge people when they, with people who like, if they harass me, I'll, I'll challenge them. I'm like, all right, call the cops. Tell them to come to this exact address right now. Oh, and then when I did do that, someone did comment and said, I wouldn't put your address on, on social media. I was like, what are they going to do? Are they going to come from like, you know, New England and like fly over here and find me? I mean. Go ahead. <laughs> Good luck. But I, I do know that like a lot of uh, YouTubers do keep their like, you know, addresses and stuff private. Especially Jake, because I saw a video where Jeff posted. Uh, Bro, I leaked my address on accident. Did you? I didn't. Well, I, I did a vlog in front of my house, and I realized that my street was there and my number of my house. The next thing I know, my mom was like, got a little like she got like seven boxes of like, fan mail, and I'm like, how did this happen? Like, I'm like, what? Like, how did you get my address? Then I realized, wait, I filmed the video. Same thing with Jake, bro. Jake had to get a brand new phone. Because he posted a, uh, he realized that his number was on a, uh, on a package. I have never seen a phone go from 90% to zero within like two seconds. Really? Yeah, get a whole new br- uh, number. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Were yeah. you there when, uh, when, uh, Jeff leaked his address in the summertime? No, when, uh, when they were filming that video with Jeff and all that, like, I was doing my own thing with social media like i was trying to do soccer like focusing on uh, i went back to uh school for one semester to give it another try and i was like nah man this is not what i wanted this is really i wanted to go there just to really make sure that's not what i want to do you know i sat down i was like yeah this is not what i want to do i'm out of here so i was like doing that and i was uh, focusing on soccer like growing my uh like my my uh networking with like trainers from around my towns and all that to uh get my name out there so when they were filming that i was really not around oh you're running out around no. Who is, actually? There's one question that I've always like. Want, who who's Sebastian? Who? All right, so Sebastian. So there's what we know our how we know them are is they're known as the Brazilian brothers, which is Adamir, Sebastian, uh, Adamir. Oh wait, it's Adamir, Sebastian, Val, and there's like three more of them. They're all brothers. Like Sebastian is Adamir's brother. Oh okay. Yeah. Because I was always wondering, I was like, where I never seen him in any of the videos. No, no, that's uh, Adamir's brother. Younger or older? Oh, uh, younger. Younger. younger yeah. Okay, yeah, that's probably why I haven't seen him. So, what's going on for you in the next like five years? What do you see yourself doing? All right, next five years, man. I see myself, no lie, having my own training facility, the JD Thirteen training facility, which is gonna be all turf. Um, it's gonna be a professional academy, so I'm gonna have like. A, a lifting equipment everything and a side of uh, education because the goal so the JD13 goal the JD13 goal like after everything is done is to be able to provide for uh, third world countries so like uh, like for instance say you go to a country like uh, Finland Finland okay. where they can't let's say Africa okay, okay. Yeah. where they can't afford the top tier education right and they can't afford to play on the best soccer teams i would love for them to come to america where i could 
give them a place to stay, give them an education, and get them into the right soccer to chase their dream and get an education to where it does, if soccer doesn't work out, at least they got an education. They learned, they learned how to read, they learned how to write, they learned everything needed to move on in the world. And so if they go back to Africa, at least they have an education, and at least they can do something in Africa, or they can go on and play pro, you know? That's my goal in the next five years, to be able to have an academy and a form of education for third world countries. Like, I know, I know a lot of kids in Mexico, man, are, like, when I go there and visit, a lot of kids are, like, 14 years old, like, on the streets because they working because they can't afford, like, to play soccer or they can't afford school. So I would love to give the kids, like, an opportunity to give an education and play soccer, something they love. Right. So that's what, that's what I see my next five years. And uh, also working with him and uh, be able to provide churches, man. That's my biggest thing, like, I want to I want to get back to where I came from where uh, I'm very Christian man like I want to be able to build churches in third world countries as well that's that's really? my main goal that's where I see myself is I've seen many pictures on like of other people like of kids playing barefoot you know they're, they're playing soccer they're playing soccer right but they're playing barefoot or they're playing with like like sandals made from rubber or sandals made from like old tires like and that should that breaks my heart, you know, yeah. looking, looking at stuff like that. When they have a passion, they have this passion for soccer, but like he, what, he, what he wants to bring, what, what JD13 wants to bring is an education. You know, they, they want to, they, and that, that's like the main problem with any, with any, within, I think in the main problem in the world is not hunger, it's not, you know, all these issues, which are big issues, but it's lack of education. It's a lack of knowledge of knowing what to do learning how to use skill how to cultivate you know talents and stuff like that and you know i think i'm, I'm a strong believer in their, in their in their vision you know for the future as well and uh like luckily man we got we've been blessed lately we got a partnership with uh skills i just got a brand deal i don't know if you saw my instagram i got a brand deal with uh select right so that right there is like at least like a few grand worth of equipment uh we got a free like goalie gloves that are like eighty dollars like so we've been being we've been getting like lucky like blessed like with all this equipment and uh so i don't i don't see i don't see anything stopping me honestly or me, me and jake with this goal like i feel like next five years like we are going to be well known in the soccer community and in the world that's where i see myself in the next five years so you and you guys are consistent all the time every day right yeah man we are grinding like right now like we're messaging about once i get back home like going to a soccer field and filming a video Oh really? Yeah, like, we don't stop, man. Like when it snows, we're still on the pitch playing soccer. We don't stop. Good. How long have you guys been working together, you and? So, so we know each other our whole lives. Like he's a. Uh, so like his mom is my pastor. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and uh, he's been he wanted to get into social media and uh, like he said he goes he went to school for uh, broadcasting. So I was like, hey man, like take over, helping me get brand deal. Like he got me the brand deal for Select. Um, like he just reaches out to the companies and like he tells them what I do, like what my goal is, and companies hit him up. But that's that's his role, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, we've been buddies forever, but you know, like now we're we've we've always had a business mindset too. You know, we've always had that entrepreneur spirit inside with the job. Right. <laughs> so we we shared the same struggle for a little while now, and you know he has some big dreams, especially with the with the soccer, and you know I I have some dreams too. I'd like to start a podcast myself. Um, I play music, like, and I, I make like uh, piano tutorials and stuff like that all the time. But I never post because yeah. I'm like too nervous, I guess, to like get on the the social media grind and stuff. But you know, like, 
yeah, I'm, I'm just here to help him, you know, as much as I can right now. See if, like, I – that's my goal. I want to have, like, build a little team together. Like, yeah. that's, like, really, like, into, like, doing social media and stuff. And with everyone around here, they're all, like, you know, I have to be a doctor or a lawyer. Yeah. And it's just, like, everyone I know, they're all, like, on the other side of the world. Like, luckily, you guys are, like, an hour, like, an hour yeah, and 30 yeah, minutes yeah. away. So it's, like, if I really wanted to, like – if I was like, hey, like, can I come over and like, yeah, you know, no, let's do something, man. and we'll like, you know, set up something there. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like that's one thing, bro. It's like when you surround yourself around other influencers, like social media influencers, like you get more motivation. Yeah. Instead of like being, a, instead of asking a friend that wants to be a doctor, like, hey, man, so what do you think about my video? He's gonna be like, uh, I guess it's all right, but he's not really gonna give you the real feedback of like maybe edit this out or I would do this in my video, you know? Yeah. So I believe that. I believe that you have to surround yourself around. And another thing is, uh, sometimes as men, or just as people in general, we let pride get to us and we don't allow others to get in or to get into our little circle. But it is very important to have like-minded individuals like around you because then those are the, pe- those are the people that are going to help you, that are going to help build you and help grow with you. You know, some people have a mindset where, oh, they're, they're, they said I'm not going to do, they're not going to, I'm not going to amount to anything. So I'm going to do this all by myself. And I'm not going to lie, I had the same mindset. I wanted to blow up, let's say, in quotes. I wanted to blow up uh, by myself. No help, no friends, no, no one. Um, but you can't get far, especially in, in this life right now, without the help of others, you know, without um, that, like, accountability uh, all right. with others. Oh, wow. I mean, that. so we've been going on for about an hour and 20, almost an hour and 30 minutes. Uh, wow, so... Uh, you guys have anything else you want to say before this uh, ends? No, just uh, chase your dreams. Don't ever let anybody like say that you can't get to your to point B because you can. But you gotta start from point A and build yourself to get to point B. So uh, that's all I have to say. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming and, on. Uh, I'm excited to see what else we work on in the future. Definitely. All right, guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Ariel and Sam Frank. How are you guys doing today? We're good. I'm good to be here. Me too. So you guys are, you're from Nashville. Well, you guys are both from New York originally, but Ariel's in Nashville, Sam's in New York. Yeah. And yes. So it's kind of like going to be kind of weird. I don't know. It's been a while since I did an interview, like a two, uh, two-way interview, I guess. You know what I mean? With two other people. Yeah, we're, we're going to try to not, like, talk on top of each other. <laughs> and that's the worst thing in my family, I'll tell you. Like, my whole family, we all talk over each other, so it's, like, one of the worst things ever. I hate that. I feel that. like when me and Samantha are in person, we, like, flow really well together. <laughs> you know, like, we kind of pick up and, like, pick up each other's sentences where we left off and all of that. We can kind of read each other's minds like that. That's sister telepathy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with all the questions that I have for you guys. Amazing. So I did read that on your Instagram post, you and Sam were never really close. And I know you guys have like nine years to each difference. You're 26, I believe, right? I am. And she's 17. Yes. So why did you guys, why were you guys like never close? Was it a sibling rivalry or was it just like, you know, never really close? I mean, nine years is a really big difference when you're growing up because, I mean, think about it. When you're really, like, making new friends and all of that, you you really get along because you're into the same things. You do the same things together. 
but when I was 15, she was only six in kindergarten. So there's not really much to bond over with a six, like a six-year-old when you're 15, and I think that I definitely had more of a, like, I'm the cool big sister complex. Um, so I very much was, uh, you know, I think I just kept my arms like because I was, like, older and I didn't have time to, like, hang out with little kids. But definitely as we got older and we got to be able to have conversations and I got to actually know her as a person and not just, like, my little sis is when we got to, like, get closer. What about you, Sam? How did you, uh, how do you feel about that? Honestly, it was, like, kind of more like I hung out with my friends, not, like, my sisters growing up. But as I got older, like, it was easier to have conversations with them because we had more in common as I grew up. Like, I could relate to them way more. But, and also, like, like, do you like, following around? Like, that was the whole thing, too. Like, I was always in theater, and I did, like, um, I did shows, and I acted and danced and all of that. And so Sam used to always, like, come visit me when I was in rehearsal and, like, follow me around the theater and stuff. <laughs> and that's, like, a really big part of our, our relationship, too, was it was, we always had a really good, like, little sister, big sister kind of bond. Even when we weren't friends, we still definitely had that, like, no, I understand that. So, like, my fiance or wife, perhaps, her brother, her and her brother are eight years apart. My sister is four years older than me, and my half sister is 11 years older than me. So, like, it was kind of hard to deal, like, to cope with. I mean, kind of hard to, like, become friends with someone who was older, much older than you, especially. Yeah, especially like, you don't want to bond, you know? Like, it really does come down to, like, I know that Sam looked up to me growing up. So, it really was my responsibility to say, I want to connect with you and I want to be your friend and I want this to be more than a like I'm just your older sister kind of thing. Yeah, no, I understand that completely. Yeah, and especially because we technically are half siblings, so we have different moms. Um, but I we never I feel like I didn't think about that a lot growing up because even when I first moved in with her and my dad, uh, he never let us say half sister. He was like, no, that's your sister. We don't use that because he didn't ever want us to feel like they're what we weren't totally sisters and i definitely don't feel like that like she's any you know less than my full sister that i love her any less just because we don't have the same mom no i understand that like with my sister who's 11 years older than me my half sister i was never told she was my half sister till way in when i was like at least 11 or 10 or 11 so like i didn't know anything about that and then when i found out my sister had a different dad it was just like oh wow like how did that happen you know what I mean? It's kind of funny. <laughs> so what about Dirty... Is it called Dirty Dim or Dirty... Dirty, dirty Dim? Dirty Dim, okay. Mm-hmm. I could Yeah, I was trying to pronounce that. So does that have a meaning to it or... So it's funny because Dirty Denim, the like, idea for this brand was born about three years ago. Um, I was really looking for different ways to use my lettering skills because I am a hand letterer and a calligrapher and I really wanted to incorporate that into something else and I had this whole idea for hand lettering and painting jean jackets and it was really specifically for denim products Um, and it really had to do with the fact that it's actually a lot easier to paint on denim just because of the material it doesn't move around and all of that and it really combined my love for lettering and painting and I love her fashion. And the name kind of just like came with me writing down a million 
million different words on a piece of paper trying to kind of get out the the vibe I was looking for and you know really like theme and I honestly wrote a bunch of stuff on and I love a good alliteration so I'm always looking for like dirty denim it just hits right because of the knees next to each other uh and yeah it kind of just came out of that and I started making these hand-painted denim jackets back in 2017 and it was very much in my like little circle it was something that I did for fun something I'd love to do and I really wanted people to be able to see my hand lettering out in the world so then they could inquire about my other products and I ended up closing shops simply because I was doing too much and when me and Sam got together a couple weeks ago which we'll tell you about in a little bit um it really just happened, you know, it, it, we started making these vintage clothes for ourselves, we were reworking them, sewing them, painting them, bleaching them, doing all this fun stuff, and we kind of just looked at each other and was like, we should share this with others, right. like, this should be something that other people are a part of, Right. Like, this is so cool, <laughs> uh, and yeah, when we decided that we wanted to do a brand, I was like, wow, this actually fits with everything that I was doing three years ago. It's kind of come full circle. No, I get that completely. How like how long does it take to make all the, to make that, to make your clothing line? Uh, I mean, well, yeah, same though. It kind of depends on, like, the piece. So if we were to make regular sweatshirt into something completely custom with a zipper, like, cropped, rhinestones, like, everything, patches, like, we'd probably be on the upward scale of, of, of like, the prices, but right. more simple things that we try to make, we try to make cheaper so that everyone can afford them, because I want all my viewers and, like, um, people a part of my family, like, my followers or whatever, I want them to be able to buy everything, because I know some people just don't have the money for it. So some of these pieces that she's talking about, the fully customizable ones, they take days. So we have a piece that we're collaborating on right now, this really awesome uh, pair of jeans that was bleached, dyed, painted on. Sam's going to work on the rhinestones for it. We're completely blinging it out. And this piece is probably going to take a total of, I mean, 20 to 30 hours. It takes a long time for some of these. But then we have the more simple tank tops that are... This the process is a lot more simple because we're really just cutting and tie-dyeing it. And when you tie-dye, you can do a bunch of them at the same time. So those take a little bit less. So it really depends on like how much we want to do the work on it. And again, making sure that we have pieces available at a lower cost and pieces that are really meant for someone that wants a, that custom piece that speaks individually to them. Okay. But it doesn't matter on the time to me. Like, I love doing this stuff anyways. So, I, like, since I enjoy doing it, like, I forget about how much time it takes, honestly. Like, me and Ariel will be working. I'll be like, we just worked for four hours? What? Yeah. yeah. I was four hours? I just did, like, I just fully customized the piece. And I'm, like, just trying to make it the best I can to, like, my liking or whatever my friends want to customize. Like, we were doing pre-orders for my friends and they got to customize their pieces first and they loved it. Honestly, it was just like fun for me to do because my friend just wanted to FaceTime me and like show me the clothes and everything. Yeah, and I love watching her get lost in the work too because you know, it's really cool to be able to get into that vortex and it's something that a lot of people can't access, you know, like people call it in the creative world, we like to say it's in your flow. Right. And it's so hard for so many people to get that and to be able to like work in the same room and 
and it shows that you guys have a good work ethic because there are a lot of kids that are like, you know, our age, your mine and her age that don't have the work ethic that we have. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's a hard know if we even see it is that we just know when we want something done we're the kind of people that get so lost in the how-to we just start acting you know we want something done and we're just gonna go and do it we don't even think about how long it's gonna take or like the work and direct don't really care it's just more like the goal and like the mindset that we have that just gets us there yeah i got got you guys completely so you i believe you already answered this but you tried to start a clothing uh, brand before right so again, like three years ago, but I think that I, the mindset again was very different than what we're doing now. Right now, what we, we definitely are launching this as a clothing brand. And I think a couple years ago, I didn't think of it on that kind of scale, um, especially because I didn't have that kind of audience that Sam has. You know, it was very much in like my New York circle. I was working in restaurants, so I definitely had a close-knit group of people, but I wasn't very much into using social media or anything like that. So I didn't dream that it could be anything like a clothing brand that people knew because it was just something so close to my group. Uh, so I don't know if I necessarily would say that I had launched it before because it was such a different idea, especially having Sam on the team during this and having her be a part of the launch. I think that it's come to be a very different kind of message than what I was working on before. Okay, I, I get you completely. Yeah. I, I also I also saw that you worked three. Well, you moved from your Long Island home, and you worked. You moved to Manhattan, I believe, which is the most expensive city in the whole entire world, next to LA. <laughs> you worked three jobs, and then you moved to Nashville, which I believe Nashville is. I want to say cheaper because I think everything down south is cheaper. cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. So I moved to Manhattan to go to Pace University. And when I was there, I got into their acting program. So I studied acting. Uh, and then I ended up changing my majors a couple times. Uh, and I did some technical theater. So I actually studied costume design, which gives me the background to be able to create the clothes that I do now. I did some set design, and I then eventually ended up switching to studying fine arts and international business. And that's what so, your major yeah. <laughs> So that's really why I ended up going to Manhattan. But I also kind of knew since I was really little that my dream uh, when I was younger was to be on Broadway and to be a star and all of that. So that was really the main motivator of going there, and I was really just willing to do whatever it takes because we don't come from money. Uh, I didn't have any financial support when I moved out. Like, when I moved out, that was it. I was on my own. And I knew in order to live there, I was going to have to be able to make a living for myself. So I kind of, again, it's that goal, you know? We, I knew what I wanted, and I was willing to do anything to get there. And I lived in New York for seven years before I moved to Nashville. And when I ended up doing that, it was, it was really to take a breather, because... New York is so go, go, go. It's just all about the hustle and the grind. And I couldn't do it anymore. I was just so exhausted and needed to be somewhere with some fresh air and some treats. <laughs> well, I, I understand where that comes from. So working three jobs, though, in Manhattan, that is a lot. And going to school full time. So on yeah. most days, about six days a week, I was working from five in the morning to two in the morning. I was getting an average of about two to three hours of sleep a night for two years in a row. Until I dropped out of college, I was like, this is not sustainable. 
Now, do you think college is actually worth it, though, to, just to go for it if you have a dream? I have to tell you, I think that building a community of like-minded individuals is really important. And I think that colleges provide that for a lot of people, especially those that don't really know what they're doing and they want to be able to explore and learn from people with experience. They get to be hooked up with mentors and professors and colleagues that are a couple years older than them and have the job experience they're looking for. And I think that for people that don't necessarily know the career path, college is absolutely a way to be able to learn more and gain more information. But for someone like me, it wasn't really necessary. I'm a very, um, I'm a self-intelligent person. Yeah. Who does not need college. (laughs) Yeah, I learn very quickly. And when I want to learn something, I'm very resourceful and being able to look it up, find books. I'm not shy, as you can tell. So if I want to do something, I will find who's already done it and just send them a message, send them an email, find out what they did to get there. Because there's nothing necessarily to be shy about because the people that are in that position that know those things, they want to teach you. They want to bring people up in that field that are passionate about what they do. Like, we're always so scared of talking to people that are, you know, famous or successful because we think that we're less than, but at the end of the day, we're all people. And I think college really gives you that first opportunity to see that successful people are actually just people, and it kind of breaks you out of that comfort zone. But if you have that drive already and you know what you want to do and you're willing to just do whatever it takes to get there, there's a world of information on the internet for free. Right. I I mean, I don't have the financial means to graduate. It was just not in the books for me, you know? Well, that's the same thing. How I, that's how I felt. I went to college for four years at a community college. I worked two jobs at the time, went to college, and then I went to a university. And my first semester there, I was like, what am I doing? So yeah, I dropped out. I was getting more, I, I am more prepared for a job at 23 than anyone else my age because none of them had any real job experience. And I've been working since I was 12. Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, now, where did you work when you were 12, though? I was babysitting, tutoring, like I tutored like elementary school kids for 20 bucks an afternoon and I had four students. So I was like racking in like a couple hundred bucks a week as a middle schooler. (laughs) That's amazing. I just want, like I didn't have, again, like we didn't come from a family that had a lot and when I wanted something, I wanted it and I was willing to work for it. I was in the same boat. My mom worked two jobs when she was, when I, because I did karate as well when I was a kid. So I did it for 12 years. It was like 125 bucks and she couldn't support that and the family. So my mom worked two jobs. And, uh, we love a hardworking mama. Yeah. We do. They make the world go round. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, Sam, were you upset when she moved to Nashville or were you just like, ah, it's fine? I was very upset because I looked forward to coming to the city and seeing my sister and like that was like the most like family time like and like bonding time we spent together so like I kind of miss like having my tour guide like big sister like in the city but I always do FaceTime her whenever I need to get somewhere there's no (laughs) doubt in the world I will FaceTime my sister no matter what she's doing and ask her what what's the way to get on like you know it makes me so happy when she facetimes me in the subway with like a huge group of friends and she's like okay i need to get here it looks like we're on the two or the three and how do i get here and i'll just like walk her through all of it and it, it lights up my whole heart she knows everything <laughs> she knows everything 
Uh, see, I feel like living in New York would just be kind of hectic for me. I, I don't know. I don't like, I couldn't do it. I, it definitely takes a specific kind of person. And I think a lot of people figure that out when they move there and have to leave after a year. <laughs> I mean, it took me seven years to be like, well, maybe this isn't the lifestyle that I thought I wanted. But isn't long, so where's Long Island compared to Manhattan? How far? 40 minute train ride. Yeah. Oh, so it's not that far. It's less than an hour. Oh, we, I mean, when I was growing up, I used to take the train in on the weekends all the time. Um, when I was really young, I took ballet classes in the city, and I did modeling when I was younger, so all of my go-sees were in the city. So I was very familiar. I've been familiar with, like, the subway system and all of that pretty much my whole life, even though I didn't live in the city until I was 18. Okay. But one of my jobs while I was working in the city was doing chalkboard art and I did it for a large company that had over 30 locations so when they needed their chalkboards changed it was for I was working on over 20 locations so I had to travel throughout the city through the subway constantly and that's really how like I learned all of that was just doing it yeah I understand that yeah so Sam tell me about your career on TikTok I know you grew massively did you always want to be a social media star? And were you surprised about how much you gained in such a fast pace? Honestly, like, I used to, like, do musically, and, like, I didn't get anywhere near successful on that because I was in, like, sixth grade. It was just kind of a joke to me and my friends. But as I got older, I was doing Instagram. Like, I love taking pictures with my friends, getting ready and everything. And photo shoots are kind of also just everything that me and my friends do. But I was honestly so surprised when this <laughs> the video that I got famous from was my diss track on one of my exes, which was kind of funny to me and my friends, more like a joke. And when I ended up posting it, it got 3 million views with 600,000 likes. And I was honestly like mind blown. I was like, how did something like that go so famous? But it's more like the originality on the app. Like you need to be like unique, but also follow trends at the same time. So when you make something out of it on your own and create your own kind of content, it's honestly as well on the app. So it's kind of like YouTube in a sense. It's just that it's more evolved, I guess, than YouTube. It's just like every app. In a sense. It's like there's there's things that there's certain things that people like and want to follow and remake, and that's just and TikTok is just something different. Like each app has its own thing, you know. Yeah. Were you? What about you, Ariel? Were you surprised when she did that, and were you proud of her? Like that it just came so. I definitely so wasn't surprised because I don't know, like. I'm not surprised because I believe in Samantha's talent and I always have, you know, like I've seen, I've literally known her since birth. Like, yeah. I know her and she belongs, like she belongs in front of a camera. She like belongs like performing for people and doing this. Like it's something that comes so naturally to her. So I don't necessarily know if I was surprised as much as I was like, yeah, she did. You know, that's <laughs> um, also like, it comes from you guys, like my older sisters, like especially because like we all we all did theater growing up. We all like trained ourselves to be somewhat singers and like kept that going throughout our lives. I stopped singing like um, in high school because I focused more on sports. But cheerleading is also something very vocal of mine. Like I definitely scream and shout so so much spirit when I'm out there. So it's all like. It's all, like, performing, in a way. Yeah. And it definitely all came together. Like, when that went viral, I remember her sending it to me. Like, it was, like, as it grew. Like, I was, like, getting texts from her, 
changed so much. Yeah. In a couple of days. It was like going from 25 to 50K, 75, 100, like refreshing every hour, nonstop notifications. Yeah, it was wild. And it's really funny how the internet does that too. And I, I've i never experienced anything like that firsthand. And I've always been so curious. So it's been a very different experience to be able to like see it with Sam. And yeah. like watch how it's affecting all of the other aspects of her career too. See, I did a, I do YouTube. I just make videos every now and then. I remember specifically, I did a video where my friend got kidnapped by, because I had a stalker a few years ago. What? Yeah, it was, it, it was really I bad. I watched someone on YouTube, Tana Mojo, who I actually have, I've met before at um, a convention called Playlist Live. Um, and honestly, it's going to be the best experience of my life, but she also had a stalker, and I watched all of her videos on that crazy i did the i did the series called the stalker series so i had like an old youtube channel where i put all my old episodes of this on uh for the podcast or whatever so i did that and then some random dudes just started like you know trolling me this that and the third and he like found out where i actually live found out like all the stuff around me where i work like this is getting creepy so i did a video where my friend got kidnapped by the stalker so I remember I was in my mom's kitchen and I was pretending to be on the phone with 911 saying I want to report a missing person who's been missing for like seven hours. I had a fake cry and then I found like the next video was I found him and then the stalker's mask was just laying in the bushes somewhere. So my one friend got so pissed off, excuse me, got so mad at us, my uh, fiance and I, and uh, she was just like, why did you guys do that? She was like, I don't know if it was just for views. I was like, it was a series, uh, but it was, I made it a series because it actually happened, but yeah. without him getting kidnapped though, that was just something I want to add. Like a little parody. Yeah. And then I did. It honestly is like a, what could happen. I think it's definitely been eye opening as well with Samantha who's growing fame and her, you know, her audience blowing up for sure. Um, has invited a lot of trolls and, you know, just really, like, bullying has been so prominent, and oh. I've never experienced a lot of that firsthand, and I think a lot of it is just because I don't put myself out there in the same way, and I don't have that kind of, like, I don't have a large audience, um, but the more that you grow and the more that people like you, there are also going to be people that don't like you. Yeah. That's just, that just is what it's going to be, but it is really crazy to be seeing people, like, make random accounts just like user 006 whatever and just to write hate everywhere well and i also saw like whenever uh sam goes live i see people write hate comments to her like today yeah. for instance i saw her go live and i saw someone said s-u-l-t on uh one of her uh you know live instagram videos i was like and people don't even know me like that yeah They're just fans they are people who are bored and have like no reason to comment something people who have such like deep insecurities that they feel the need to comment on me on my life and they don't even know me they just want to try and hurt me through a screen which is unreasonable and doesn't even work does it ever hurt you in like at all or no do you just like go past it well i honestly just move right past it i know these people have like no lives whatsoever and they don't really like they don't feel the need to be even be kind or be positive any kind of way. They just feel the need to hate on people for no reason. And I don't really support that. I don't really care. I don't really think it matters. It's just like random comments. And engaging with it is just like fueling the fire, you know? And 
it's, if you ignore it, it's bound to go away. And I think it's just important to remember, you know, if you, it, just to anyone that's listening, if you are receiving hate or if you have ever, you know, it's, it's just, it's language and it's words. And at the end of the day, the most important thing is how you talk to yourself and how your loved ones talk to you. And I think that as long as you keep that clear and again, like, you keep your goals in check and you keep your mindset in check, that's the only thing, you know, that really is going to affect you at the end of the day. Yeah, I understand that completely. I think with me, whenever someone like says hate about me on my like YouTube channel or podcast, I think I add the fuel to it because like I, I'm I'm the go getter. Like I don't if you're going to argue with me or like start an argument, I'm going to go right back at it, and I have that problem. I always do, but it's just because I want to get the. I guess I want to get more uh, engaged with it to see how far yeah. it can go. Someone told me they were suing me once, and I told them I was going to counter great. sue them. Yeah. Like, great, I'll see it in the mail, and then you'll get a counter suit back. Like, thanks so much for playing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, I don't know, just some of the things that we go through just with the internet. It's it's scary, but it's good at the same time. I mean, also, honestly, if the worst thing that can happen from being yourself and putting yourself out there is somebody random sending you a message about yourself when they don't even know you... In the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal, guys. It's yeah. just not. Oh, yeah. Happen. Definitely. So, to get back on topic from what we were talking about, when did you guys decide that you wanted to start this business together? Because now it's like a family-owned business from what I see on Instagram and whatnot. So, when when was this all worked out? Well, Sam, do you want to talk about coming to Nashville? Where'd you go? I'm not sure. Okay. So, <laughs> a couple weeks ago... We planned a trip for Sam and our other sister, Marissa, to come down and visit me here in Nashville because it had been, I think February was the last time I had seen Sam because I was up there seeing some clients in New York City um, because I still do some hand lettering and menu designs for restaurants and salons and all of that. So I went to go see some clients and decided, you know, obviously I'm going to have some sister time while I'm home. And I, you know... That was in February, and then we all went on lockdown less than a month later in March. And I think it was in May, but it was a little over, like, about two months ago. It kind of just hit me that I was like, I don't know when the next time I'm going to be able to see Sam is. And it really, it really, really just, like, I got really upset about it. And I got really emotional. Just, you know, she's my baby. She's my little sis. And me and my sister, Marissa, was living with me at the time, uh, that's a whole different thing. But right. she was like, you should invite her here. And I called Sam and was like, we need to plan a trip. Like, you need to come here. I need to see your face. Like, let's have a little vacation. Like, come stay with me in Nashville. So we worked out the details, and she ended up flying down here. I think this was, like, about three weeks ago now, maybe four. Um, so it's just so new. And we actually decided that we were going to – we were coming up with things to do because nothing's open yet. Right. You know? And we are like, what are we going to do? And I had seen my aunt recently who gifted me this gorgeous sewing machine. And I was so psyched. I was like, I'm going to make all the clothes and we're going to do all this fun stuff. And she was like, yeah, I would love to like go thrifting. And I was like, absolutely. Like thrift shops are open here now. Like we 
go in and, you know, like a couple people at a time, of course, wearing our masks and being safe. And we went thrifting, brought a bunch of clothes back. We went to Michael's and got a bunch of crafting things. And we just spent, like, days making clothes. We would stay up till, like, 2 in the morning and not even realize it. And we were doing it for fun. And, you know, Sam is always engaging with her audience and sharing. So she was just sharing some of these clothes we were making for fun. And when we saw how, like, great the response was, she said, we should share this with people. And we kind of just looked at each other and it all clicked. Like, it wasn't even that it was, like, a long time in the making. It was, I have this dream. You have this dream. We obviously work at this really well together. Why not? Yeah. And it just, it felt like all the pieces kind of fell into place, you know? Like, it, it felt just like everything was aligned. And... You know, you. it's funny because Sam actually sent me a quote this morning. I want to see if I can find it um, really quick. It was an Elon Musk quote that says, uh, Stop being patient and start asking yourself, how do I accomplish my 10-year plan in six months? You'll probably fail, but you'll be a lot further along than the person who simply accepted that it was going to take 10 years. And I think that quote really ties in perfectly to what happened with us, which was that we sat there and said, man, wouldn't it be awesome to have a clothing brand? What if we could share this with a bunch of people? What if other people were wearing our clothes? And we just kind of started dreaming and, and talking about it. And I realized I have a domain. I have this idea that's been sitting in me for years that I've never really had the time or energy to catapult the way I wanted to. Let's just do it. Right. Why not? And you just did it from there. Yeah, we just took it from there, and you know, I've been, I've been building websites, um, working in operations management. I've run restaurants before. I've run bakeries. I've worked a lot in building businesses. Um, so when we decided we were going to do this, I think I banged out the website in less than a week and did all of like our beginning social media work. Sam started posting about it and getting us followers. We were just on it. We just decided this is what we're going to do, and we're going to get it done. And it dropped last week, right? It dropped last week. Yeah, we've got about 20 pieces live now. So every one of our pieces of clothes are one of a kind. Every single one is handpicked from either one of us or both of us. Uh, and we, you know, we talk about what we want it to look like. We've been taking some pieces and making them really simple, just like cropping it or kind of taking it in just to make it a little more modern. Because I think that's such a big thing, too, is, you know, from two sides of it, we, we obviously wanted to just find something cheap and, like, make it, make it our own and all of that. But after, you know, really talking, we realized this is the reason why we wanted to make a clothing line like this, like something that was one of a kind and reworked and not just, I'm going to make one design and hire somebody in China to make me 10000 was because we really, we believe in the power of the individual and we believe in, you know, being unique and that that has so much power. But also... I don't want to start a clothing line and be another, I really just believe so much in sustainability and it hurts me to like walk into places like Goodwill and see hundreds, if not thousands of clothes on the rack that people were going to really just throw away. Yeah. And you scroll through these racks of clothes that are I see just so much potential. Exactly. We see them like as canvases, you know, they just, we like someone else could look at it as ugly and we're like, but this has a whole nother life in front of it. You know, the fabrics that we are creating or that have been created over the past, you know, decades, multiple decades, are ending up in garbage, they're ending up as waste, and, 
you know, it's yeah, let's just let's just say like we walk into Goodwill. Like this is our exact process. We walk in, we walk through all the aisles and like we're picking things like Ariel, well, I think I this would be a cute crop, like oh my gosh, I could definitely add like a zipper to this one or I see a sweatshirt, I just picture exactly like how I would redesign it or rework it because like that's just kind of how my how my mind works it's like very imaginative like creative I just see something I know like what I could do to make it better and I think we work so well together because she'll start these ideas and I'll be like "Ooh, I get it and then I can kind of start to implement a piece like we definitely are it's, it's really amazing to see how our dependent minds. Yeah, and our skills really come together. Like, she's really great at being seeing a piece and saying, ooh, we should do X, Y, Z. And then I actually have the sewing skills to implement it. And then she takes it even a step further and gets to add chains and, and bling and paint and lettering. And it's so cool to be able to kind of pass it back and forth and be able to make this piece like a piece of art almost. And it's always like a collaboration. And it's been really, really cool to see that. Oh, no, that's awesome, though. Yeah, I mean, that was, if I didn't even know where this original question was, we kind of went on a tangent there. <laughs> well, that's that's the theme I like to, uh, you know, go with the podcast. Like, usually, like, I'll send, I'll send someone who I'm interviewing, like, questions, but then we'll, like, answer questions with questions. And that's how, that's the theme that I like, that I like to yeah. have. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been really, it's been really cool to be able to, like, it's interesting because as much as it's definitely a clothing brand, it also is kind of like thrift store, but on crack, <laughs> you know, because I love that term because me and my friends always use that. That's where I got it from. <laughs> <laughs> I hear her using it with her friends all the time. Uh, it's, it's hard to like explain like parties though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's always, there's always different terms that like, kids her age have like you know it's like a lingo kind of thing yeah i don't i don't get it like back when i was in school ratchet was uh was one of the terms that we used and uh dusty was another term that like a lot of girls used in my it was really weird you know yo i was writing some of the copy for our website and i literally had to google teenage slang like, I'm why now. <laughs> why <Ariel? laughs> That's how I feel. I'm, I'm 25 and I don't even know any of the slang anymore. Yeah. I mean, definitely getting to, I'm, I'm excited for the fact that starting this clothing brand with Sam really is bringing us together in such a really wonderful way. And I think that it's great that we're coming together specifically for a business because I'm such a believer that business, like starting your own business is basically like self-development times a thousand like if you aren't comfortable with who you are and what you want to do and what you want out of life you can't really run a business in my opinion because all your insecurities are going to come out and being able to have somebody else on the team with me and hold me accountable and like the fact that we can pump each other up is such a huge wonderful component to our work as well i understand that completely like so right now my fiance and i we built a fish tank stand because she's really into fish like saltwater. We built a saltwater tank from the beginning to right now. And when we first built the stand, it was a hard process because we like, you know, had like a few like fails, but then we just like, 
built the whole thing and now we're actually going to do like frag rocks and stuff and she wants to make it her own business just building it and selling uh corals and stuff because they go for at least three grand i love that that's great i think that anyone who has a unique skill and can make something should try to sell it yeah definitely why not like we all it's funny because i think until you really get into the process yourself and you really like try starting a business seems like such a big scary thing you know like people are like oh i don't i'm not business savvy and i'm not good with money and like people come up with all these excuses as to why they can't but at the end of the day all a business is is serving others it's just an exchange of energy an exchange of products an exchange of services and it really is what you know it's what brings a lot of people together and i think that's why when we started creating these these pieces, these this pieces of clothing, and she started sharing them, and we heard such feedback, I was like, it would literally be a disservice to not publish this to the world and to not invite others to be a part of this. No, I get that completely. So Honestly, starting a business is just something I've wanted to do recently. Like I've been trying. I'm I'm a junior going into senior year now in high school. I'm 17 years old. Owning a business is not something I can legally do. But with the help of my 26-year-old sister, I can obviously get a start earlier on. And that's something I want to definitely complete and, like, grow on. Like, um, if you will, like, excel business because I just want to start a business as I'm younger. That's something I would love to say when I'm older. Like, I started a clothing business when I was 17. And I would love to say that it's very successful by the time I'm, like, 25 or even, like, earlier on. That's just, that's a goal I would say now and definitely the kind of mindset I have I could I could complete 100% I know I can I have like the strength and the mindset to do it so I'm excited to see where it can go I love this energy (laughs) (laughs) but I didn't know you at 17 you couldn't run a bit I guess because you have to be 18 or older I would imagine yeah you have to be an adult technically I'm putting air quotes because no one else can see the screen right now. Oh, yeah. Technically, to legally own a business, you do have to not have guardians. Well, I also believe it's the same thing with like YouTubers too, because like a lot of YouTubers are young and they're making money. So, does the money go to their parents or does like, you know what I mean? Honestly, um, one of my best friends now, and um, I don't know if you see any of his videos, but my My favorite YouTuber. Yeah, he, he's a successful YouTuber, 3 million subscribers, and he is such an amazing person. I love him to death. I've known him since kindergarten, like, so seeing him grow as a YouTuber and become successful is just an amazing thing, and it's also given me the determination because we hang out a lot. I see how busy he is, how amazing he can control and, like, manage his time. It's just, it's, like, kind of inspiring because I can see how much of an adult he is just as a 17-year-old and how he makes business moves with stocks and everything. He's just an intelligent kid. Yeah, and I think in terms of, like, the actual, like, finances behind all of that, technically, like, when you're a kid like that, it does... The parents have to get involved, or your guardians have to get involved to some degree. But like, to be honest, me and Samantha are not really in that world. Like, we haven't necessarily like seen what the the move looks like in terms of like the behind the scenes finances. But like, between the 
the two of us, you know, we are working out all of that on our own and we're, I'm grateful that like me and her have the kind of relationship where we can, we can talk about money and we can talk about like the growth of the business and the profitability and things like that. And it's not a weird topic. I think a lot of people get really uncomfortable talking about money. A lot of people get really wary about it, but you know, when we talk about business and we talk about the future of it, it's not emotional. We, and I think that also her being exposed to other kids, honestly, who are taking their creative ventures seriously is allowing her the mindset to move forward with something like this with a business mindset. And it's, it's going to be such a strength moving forward, you know, just being surrounded by those type of people are the type of things that allow you to grow. And that's why, like, eventually, like, um, our move to LA would be just the, just the best all around situation for us. Because that is somewhere where I can grow individually, Ariel can grow, our sister Marissa, my my parents. Like, there's just so much room for growth for us there, and I'm just so excited for that move. But I think it's just going to be the most amazing, like, life changing thing for us. When do you yeah. guys plan to do that? Well, I have a year of high school left. I do have a year of high school left. I'm trying to find a way for me to go there for my, my senior year because I think an earlier start is even better. Like, I'm always about, like, the jump start, like, going now. Like, I'm so ready to just, like, move on with my life and, like, you're not gonna do like, grow. You're not going to do what Jack does, just do a prank to your parents where you quit school, right? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. But Jack's not even going to college. He, he's, um... He doesn't need to. He's already so intelligent. He's above that. He's already growing by himself, making his own business moves. But um, I'm trying to go to college for at least two years just just to get the um, educational background. I think that could be something I would definitely use in the future. Um, the degree it gives you, like, it's definitely something that certifies certifies you to be, be somewhat professional. And I already... I just like how that sounds, you know, yeah. professionalism is something, um, I just like, I'm very like, you know, about, like, I like, I like, um, being prepared and everything like that. Well, that's always a good thing, being prepared, because you never know what life's going to throw at you. Yeah. And it's funny, and it's also about how people, people see you and like how you present yourself is very important. Absolutely. Um, it's funny, even when I first moved to New York, that was one of my first things was making sure I had the wardrobe that I wanted because I knew that more than anything, if I was going to walk into a restaurant, not have a job, have very little experience, I needed to look the part. And it's so funny, like that really is such a part of like everything. Like if you like dress the part, act the part, you're going to become the part. Right. And kind of like manifesting everything. That's my favorite thing to do. Yes, we are manifestors. I love that. That's <laughs> <laughs> like surrounding yourself with the kinds of people that you want to be. Surround yourself with the environment that you want to be a part of. Everything else has to fall into place. Right. And, 100%. And confidence is also a big thing too. See, when I went to karate, I was not a confident kid. I was always afraid of everything. And I, <laughs> I will never forget this. So... I was afraid of my karate teacher. He was like, hey, uh, what's your name? And I I don't know where he got Keith from out of TJ, but he would always call me Keith. And then my mom was like, why are you calling him Keith? And he was like, oh, that's his name. And she was like, no, that's not his name. And you like, never corrected him? No, I was afraid to, I guess. But like, oh. after 12 years of doing it, I 
you know, I grew as a person and then starting this kind of made me grow even better to, yeah. uh, and to enhance my confidence a lot more. Even, um, even in past episodes, when I've interviewed famous people, I interviewed somebody who was on MTV. He was on MTV's Jackass and Viva La Bam. He, Chris Rabb, I don't know if you, you're in the same age group as me. Yeah. So I had him on my show and, you know, I was like, I was just confident. I was like, wow. I was like, this is a famous person. And I was like, I can't believe I'm like not stuttering, not like freaking out over it. Yeah. We're all just people at the end of the day, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people like tend to like not understand, especially having a fan base and everything. Like, like, they don't just understand, like, you're just a regular person, too, just a regular teenager trying to live your life like everyone else, and, like, they think, like, fame will get to your head. Some, to some people, it, it really does. People with 200,000 followers really think that, that they're on top of everyone else. Like, I, I try to stay away from that. Like, I, I'm very, I, I would like to think I'm very humble with whatever I have, and I like to just be positive about it all the time like thankful for just whatever i have whatever i've been given yeah definitely i mean i don't know i mean i wasn't really i guess my confidence kind of came out when i started talking to you guys because like when before the interview started whenever i meet new people i always have this thing where i'm just like all right i hope it's perfect i hope this is perfect and i hope i don't do this hope i don't do that and she was like what are you talking to yourself for i was like well i'm a little <laughs> nervous like you know it's so funny. I, uh, I mean, for the past, oh God, six years now, I've been bartending and I've been working in restaurants since I was like 15. And you talk to hundreds, if not thousands of people a day when you're bartending in the financial district in New York City. And so for me, I think talking to new people is just very, very natural to me at this point. I can freaking talk to a wall. <laughs> Have you ever met any famous people? A ton. I've served a bunch of oh, famous Oh my goodness. Think of any YouTuber. Not really. Any I'm like a TikToker. The most I've famous met. person I ever served was Beyonce. Really? And it was probably the highlight of my life. <laughs> She's super nice. <laughs> it was really, I mean, it really just felt like I was serving a normal table. Um, but yeah, I met her. I've, uh, I've served Jim Carrey before. He's a character. Um... Always trying to think now. Uh, I didn't serve him, but Kanye did come to one of the restaurants that I worked at once. That was a very, I was very starstruck by seeing him in person. For the younger audience, like I, I went to Playlist Live, and I'm sure anyone of my viewers that are listening to this, they know exactly what that is. It's a basically a convention, kind of like VidCon for YouTubers solely, but more like all social media, so Instagram, TikTok, like old viners, if you know about the MagCon tour group that used to go on, Cameron Dallas, like all of them, like I went to, I went to that event and I was um, brought in as a guest to a creator, so I had an access pass to everything and I was just in the lounge along with everyone who was basically like so famous and I honestly just, it was just like walking around a room full of people, it's not like that, like of course, it's, like, very, like, star-shocking if you see, like, your favorite YouTuber there, but you just have to walk right past them like a regular person. Like, you can't, like, fangirl right over them. When you're, you just have to be, like, very chill, calm, collected. It's not, like, they're, like, the world's right in front of you, you know? 
Yeah, and I think it's so funny that you say that too because that exact attitude was how I was trained when I was working in restaurants. Because I worked at places that like celebrities frequently went there. You right. know, it wasn't like weird for a famous person to show up. We always knew in advance. They called in advance. Um, and we were just to treat them like normal guests. Yeah, exactly. You know? And at the end of the day, they're another table. They, they're still paying my rent. So I have to treat them just like everybody else. And at the end of the day, you kind of realize we are just like everyone else. Everyone is the same. Yeah, no, definitely. I I served, well, I didn't serve. I was a valet driver, and I met Frankie Muniz, the kid from Malcolm in the Middle. And oh, my gosh, Frankie Muniz. It's a throwback. He's, he's very small. Like, he's a he really, really small. And <laughs> Yeah. And I met Herschel from The Walking Dead. Mm. Honestly, like I've worked as like um like um extras on a lot of things. Like I tried acting, and I didn't really prefer to like I didn't really prefer it over a lot of other things. Like just regular photo shoots with my friends. Like social media is just more like my thing and my go-to creativity. If that's a word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah go-to content. My go-to content is my favorite thing to make, but. When I was younger, I would do, like, a lot of extra backgrounds or, like, print things, like, print ads, and it was, like, I would see a lot of big um, celebrities there, and it was honestly just a fun experience to see them in the works of their own environment and their own hobby. It was just cool to see, like, what they would do behind the scenes, and it gave me that um, outside knowledge of it. Definitely. Well, one more question before we uh, go. We have about seven minutes. Um... What are your goals for the next couple of years? Are you guys going to do fashion shows or do you guys have like a Facebook page that you're going to promote this on besides Instagram or? We would kind of like to keep it um, online, I guess, if you would say, not become a big like designer brand that does like fashion shows or anything, but definitely keep it more like print, if you will. I think that's a good way to keep it um, as our business, you know, like, we definitely do want to maintain it as an e-commerce, um, mostly, and I think what we really see over the next couple of years is us growing on the customizable side of it all. Right now, uh, we don't necessarily have the, um, the capabilities to do what we would like to on the website, uh, but right now, you know, we're just publishing a lot of, like, basic pieces and then a lot of stuff that we've reworked ourselves and put our own creativity into. But we definitely, I see this brand as something that's way bigger than just a clothing line. Um, personally, I really want every venture that I start to give, give more than it gets. Uh, so for me, it's really important that we keep education and creativity at the forefront. So I definitely see us moving forward, uh, you know, doing a lot of like tutorials and how to showing people the process and like letting people know that we're starting this and doing this because we love it and we want to share our works with people, but it doesn't mean that it's out of reach for everyone. Um, and that's something that's really important um, because I want to give people the power to be able to just create anything that they would like to. And that really is just my mission with every one of the brands that I start. And being able to do this specifically in the fashion industry is something that I feel very called to do. Um, I've, like Samantha, have also modeled and done like prints and ads and stuff like that. Uh, when I lived in New York, I did some fashion shows. And I love fashion shows so much. 
but doing them for like New York Fashion Week or London or Paris Fashion Week is it's a completely different thing. Um, like being in the fashion world and that whole behind the scenes isn't necessarily how I see us moving forward because I don't want us to put the power in the system. I want us to continue to keep the power within the individual and within the people. Um, so although I see the brand definitely growing in terms of like our team and all of that, I would love to see in the next couple of years for us to be hiring more artists and creatives so me and Samantha can take more of a step into the visioning and growing the brand itself and really just getting our mission in front of more people and then actually being able to partner people who want to order custom works with our designers and artists that can create pieces from vintage clothes that we find from all over the country and be able to remake them into a piece that really, really speaks to you. So I think that's what we're looking forward to in the future is just growing and getting this more, like getting more people to understand that we can do way more than we think we can. You know, like if you would have asked me two months ago if I started my own clothing brand, I would have laughed in your face. And now <laughs> here we are launched in, in the world and already talking about things happening in a year, two years in the future. So, I mean, it all aligned pretty perfectly. And I think so long as, you know, we continue to keep the individual and uniqueness at the center and expression really is like the center of this, then... I think that sky's the limit. Awesome. I like that. Well, all right. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, coming on. Excuse me. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. This is such a blast. No problem. And, uh, yeah, I had so much fun. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I'll make like I'll text this to you guys once it's all edited out. It should be up by 8 o'clock tonight, I would imagine. So. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah, I'm very – I'm quick with editing. Awesome. So. You're welcome. I'll share it on my uh, Instagram and all that as well. All right. Yes. Sounds great. Thank you, TJ. Thank you. See you guys. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, that was the show. Now, tomorrow, get ready because we have more exciting interviews coming on Friday. Hope you guys enjoyed this.